North-South Connection. It's Friday, and you know what that means. Considering clotheslines and headlines isn't here, it must be our week. It's time for the AEW Podcast. Welcome to You Know What That Means. I am your host, Jordan Duncan. With me, as always, is my co-host, Andrew Reich. Andrew, I got a question for you. Yes, sir. So I was thinking today, um, I was going through my Facebook memories, and I found something from like 2011, and it was uh, like an old friend of mine named Andrew. And I got to thinking because I was doing the show with you tonight. Uh, how many, like, how many Andrews and Andys do we know versus how many Jordan? Am I the only Jordan you know? Is basically what I was wondering. Well, it, I mean, I idolize a guy named Jordan. I don't know if yeah. you idolized any Andrews in your life. Uh, <laughs> unless, Andrew Jackson. Unless Andrew you Garfield. wanted to be Andrew Cuomo growing up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the the second best Spider-Man, Andrew Garfield. I like him. Andrew Andrew Garfield. Yeah. Um. I would probably say there's more Jordans. I mean, really? Isn't there, like, isn't there a God-blessed river named the yes, Jordan? There's a nation named named after me. Oh yeah, or that I'm one. named after it. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember too many Andrews. Like, well, um, but if you think about it, not just Andrews, then you got Andy's and Drews as well. Yeah, we're base. We have those basic names. It's all like, under the, the Andrew the umbrella. Unique, the uniqueness kind of came on the next generation. You know, like. Yeah. My mine's named Carson with a K, mm-hmm. you know. So you know you like to put that spin on it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we're kind of like, we, but but yeah, mine's Andrew Michael, uh, named after Saint Michael the Archangel. Oh, cool. Because that was okay. that was from the Catholic Church. And so. I am Jordan Jeffrey, named after my uncle Jeff. Uh, nothing to do with not the Jeff, Catholic Church. Not Jeff Hardy. No. <laughs> yeah. Uh, both of them have been, spent time in jail, so I guess there's that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this is episode 24. I can't figure out anything about WrestleMania 24 except for that was the one where Charles Robinson like did the longest run of all time in the main event. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, and he like he would have shattered all combine records if he would have been at the NFL doing if, that. If CM, if CM Punk in his current state had to run to the ring that far, how long would it take for him to make it? Oh, I would say 11. He'd have Zeb Coulter's scooter eventually come see. <laughs> <laughs> Uh yeah, reports I just are remember that-, that long run. Have you ever seen um this is so random. Have you ever seen uh Kung Pao and Venter uh Enter the Fist? Uh no, but I've seen Shaolin Soccer, which there's I know is ga- very there's similar. There's a gag where the damsel in distress is trying to get the hero to come save her, mm-hmm. but he's like so far away. He's like chosen one, and he just keeps coming back. To, I'm coming. <laughs> 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 it's like so far away. That's like Charles Robinson. It's a great match. That was Edge and the Undertaker. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know what? I can tie it in. Shawn, Shawn Michaels and Ric Flair. That was his last match in the WWE. But Ugh. Ric Flair decided to actually have his last match. I think. Yeah, uh, I I didn't see the match. I saw a lot of pictures, and just the pictures made me sad, dude. <laughs> I know he faked a heart attack as kayfabe, but did he come really? on, guy, don't scare us like that. In the yes. match, he did. In the match, he did it to coax um <sighs> away. I believe Jeff Jarrett. Yeah, I saw. Uh, yeah, he, he might work himself into a shoot there eventually. But I saw video of him like bleeding like a ton, which I'm like, why? And then I saw his entrance, and when he like opened up his robe, and I'm like, he's wearing the shirt. You know, I'm like, come on, dude. It's like the WC. It's like the last Nitro all over again. Yeah, it basically is. <laughs> Which I said, I said in the questions portion of a previous show that I think I thought Sting should wrestle. He should wrestle Sting in a shirt again. <laughs> <laughs> Twenty years later. 
Yeah, more than twenty years later, unbelievably. I, I just I, I didn't even watch the show and it bummed me out. I saw like I saw a lot of gifts on Twitter of like the rest of the show and like I guess I mean if anything maybe it brought some eyes to some other people like Bandito and Black Taurus seem to have Killer really Cross. Name. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, you know you it's just like you know I I I I don't want to make fun of Impact when I went to their pay per view in New Orleans, but like it's I I have the same feeling. For Ric Flair's car, sh- last show card, as I did then, where it's like you look at the talent, great talent. You know sure. the production even looked good. You know you had the Undertaker there ringside. Tony Schiavone was calling it decent camera work, decent crowd, but it kind of means nothing. Right. It's just it's just for fun, you know. Right. And that's fine. It's good to have this airless, inconsequential show. But at the end of the day, are you going to really remember it? Is really how was is kind of how I felt and even though it is Ric Flair's quote last match I can I just didn't really come away from it think having like the feels you know right yeah I mean it gives me vibes of like beyond the mat with Terry Funk's retirement show like you know. yeah I remember that one Bret so, Hart was well Bret Hart did show up for Ric Flair's yeah, last I wonder show. if Dennis Stamp was lurking in the shadows of uh, the Ric Flair <laughs> is he still alive I I think he passed away. Yeah, I mean, it would make sense. He's pretty old at the time of Beyond the Man. That's over 20 years old now. He finally got booked at the pearly yeah, gates. He's booked at the pearly gates. <laughs> he's jerking other, curtains other that, for all eternity. Other than, other than that, uh, just a slow couple weeks. Nothing really, nothing going on in wrestling. Yeah, I mean, here in our AEW bubble, things are pretty much the same. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just, yeah don't, don't, no, 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 don't, don't go out that door. Don't go out that door. Just stay here. Stay I saw here. Vince There's was trending on Twitter. Nothing to see here. I saw Vince was trending on Twitter, so I think Vince Vaughn is uh, Vince doing, Russo. Vince Vaughn, I think, is doing a new movie. Uh, okay, maybe Vince the breakup Vaughn. two with Jennifer Aniston. Maybe it's fighting for my family too, but instead of Paige, it stars. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think of the next random one. Oscar. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's it's actually four Christmases too. Uh, so that makes it eight Christmases. Is the is the, the sequel to Four Christmases with Reese that sounds like. That sounds like Vince McMahon's Christmases. <laughs> yeah, right. Just he visiting was... all of his girlfriends. <laughs> you get an NDA, and you get an NDA. All yeah. right. Well, you know what? Let's just get the elephant out of the room. How'd you feel? Uh, I about twenty years too late. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I, I I felt in a, a similar vibe. I was kind of like, what? It wasn't like hooray. It was like. Jesus, what took so long? I think I've said this before on the show. We might repeat this on a different show that I don't know if, we're, if it's I don't know if it's too early to tease it. But um it feels a lot like Art Roger Ailes at Fox News. It feels like and some people are like, "Oh my god, what are they going to do with that? What was Fox News going to do without Roger Ailes? Fox News is doing just fine." <laughs> you so know, and you... it's like are you saying Tucker Carlson's going to win the Royal Rumble? Is that is that your prediction? Tucker Carlson already won the Royal Rumble. What are you talking about? Why? He won the Rumble? Royal Rumble, SummerSlam, WrestleMania. He got the whole he got the whole kit and caboodle, buddy. Why <laughs> is this Rumble so royal? I thought we were a democracy. <laughs> I like when he gets nervous when someone tries to confront him and he does the laugh. He does that deflective yeah. laugh. <laughs> like you're like you're the idiot. <laughs> yeah. But Good um dude. And, and, but yeah, long story short, whatever. Uh, if it means that that the competition for AEW improves, great. Like I've always said, a rising tide raises all ships. Yep. You know, I I don't want to wax poetic about it because it's it's kind of the cycle is kind of past. Um, 
things are going to happen at another company. I like talking about AEW. Is it going to affect AEW's progress and what they do? I don't really think so. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I saw on Twitter today, like, Sasha Banks, the news came out, oh, Sasha reached an agreement, she's coming back. And so some people are like, oh, that's a loss for AEW. But it's like, she was never even released. Like, it's weird that people had her penciled in. She was a holdout. Right. Like, it's weird that people had her penciled into AEW. I'm like, I don't... I think that's just the fanboyism of it, where <laughs> yeah. the moment people leave or want to leave, it's like, huh, going to AEW. Well, you never know. Like, Killer Cross and uh, Bray Wyatt. Like, Braun Strowman, you, you, yeah. Braun Strowman. Like, you don't know what people are going to do, and you don't know what AEW wants to be anyway. Some of these now, people want to control their own narratives, Andrew. Correct. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> so, sometimes when you lose control of the narrative, <laughs> like like if the Wall Street Journal gets their hands on the truth, like, a uh, different story. <laughs> yeah, right, right. But, you know, like, it, it, it's fine. Like, everything is fine. Uh, the, 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 um... The WWE is going to do what they what they do. Like their their stock is up ten percent, and their ratings are just somewhat stable. And I don't see any drop off from AEW because of it. We're not guys. People are like we're in a new era. No, we are not. We are not in a new era. We are in the same era. There is no new era because Vince McMahon is not yelling at Michael Cole anymore, calling him a dumb bitch. Like we are in the same thing. It's just a different person in control, creative at one company. That's I, I the only think, change. I think what you'll see from WWE fans is that they've been longing for their pro- like. Okay, I got to be sensitive. I'm not trying to bash WWE fans. But WWE fans are like in an abusive relationship um, where they, they know their product's not good, but they can't stop watching it. So they desperately want their product to be good. So I, I made mention of that with the fan yeah, base. I, 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 think, said, I think they kind of like being tortured. I think what <laughs> you're going to see is that they'll start saying like, oh, this show feels different. I don't know about you guys. This feels really different. And they'll, they'll kind of work themselves into believing that. But like I don't follow WWE all that much, but when I, I looked up the SummerSlam results, every champion retained. You know, that's like all I'm yeah. gonna say. It ain't and there's that, that different, I, you know. The, the, the announcers seem much more relaxed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Michael like, Cole seems a lot happier. <laughs> that's exactly why I'm going to watch more Raw and SmackDown because Michael Cole and Jimmy Smith seems much more relaxed. Yeah. I will yeah. say though. Whoever they have over at WWE, Michael Cole, uh, Pat McAfee, they're all better than JR right now, right? Like, is Jim Ross just the worst? Yeah, and it feels like Ross is sort of kind of like teetering back to the prominent part. Yeah. I don't know if he, I don't know, maybe because he's gone through issues with skin cancer, um, that he was sort of just dialing it back a little bit because he didn't have the energy. Um, maybe he caught COVID. I don't know. That's all speculating on my part. But it, it felt like Excalibur was taking the reins for a month or two, uh-huh. and now JR is sort of kind of jumping back in. I, I don't know really what's going on. He is doing Rampage too, which I can do without, to be honest. Yeah, it's just like I, I'm a, I'm. I'm one of those people that like everyone else will have a comment on the on the commentary, and I'll be like, "Oh, I didn't even notice." Like I, I rarely notice the commentary team unless they're very, very good or very, very bad. Like I think yeah. commentary team. Tony should... Tony Schiavone has the right amount of pace. Yeah. Like he doesn't try to overdo it. Um, he was also at Ric Flair's last show, uh, calling matches. Um, hmm. but that makes um, sense. That tracks. You know, and then the other ones that are new that we did talk about a little bit were are Ian Riccoboni and. Caprice Coleman, because they're gonna they did the Ring of Honor show Death Before Dishonor. Um, I thought they were just fine. You yeah. know, I you know it, it's okay to be on a lesser than show with a lesser than team. You know, right? 
Yeah, but I mean, JR is just noticeably bad. Gets the names wrong. Doesn't sell stuff like he's dismissive of things. I don't know. I'm not a fan. Yeah, it's Taz. Taz is perfect. Like, I don't know how he does it. Maybe he needed that break when he left Impact where it was like, you know what? Maybe I wanted, like, I'll be honest, and I I hate to turn it inwards. I did that with the NBA team Mm -hmm. where I was out, you know, and I was like, you know, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. Talk about podcasting. Sure. Not announcing. Yeah, we will. I don't call play by play for wrestling, guys. But, like, I needed that break to think to myself and decompress and realize, you know what? I think I want to do this, but I want to be more committed this time yep. because I'm going to have – I'm going to feel more confident in myself. And I got back in it. Maybe Taz needed that. Well, and listen, it's it's a great segue. We talk about Taz. I think Taz did a great job uh, as he watched his son uh, become a champion for the very first time. And what I would say is – uh, <laughs> Well, his, his actual – well, I – he, the man he claims is his actual son, but if you look at them genetically, there's no evidence whatsoever. <laughs> uh, no, but he Hook, actually has a six-pack. Yeah, Hook has <laughs> been sent, and Hook is the FTW champion. Um, I think that's interesting news. I think it's secondary to the Ricky Starks uh, moment. And listen, for anyone who's new to our podcast, you go back to episode one or two. Andrew Reich has been driving the Ricky Starks bandwagon since before any of you hopped on. I've always been partial because he's from New Orleans. Yep. Uh, and, and but that that dude is just reeks of charisma. Yeah. Absolute. He got a nice shiny uh, intro before his entrance. Got mm-hmm. new lights on his entrance. Mm-hmm. Um, just seemed a little more pumped up. And then even after he dropped, which was an impromptu impromptu match it felt like the whole thing the only thing i didn't like about that starks hook hobbs heel turn thing is that it felt it all felt very very rushed it felt like they were closing the book on team taz but they seemed to shut the book not yeah. like kind of slowly close it okay yeah i i just think it was so well done you know like going the week before where he fought the uh the the kid from nxt cole carter is that the name cole called? carter yeah cole carter he gets on the mic. He's like, I still got some gas in the tank. And Danhausen comes out and he dodges him and says, I'll fight you next week. And we kind of all, I mean, the breadcrumbs were pretty obvious where they were going, you know. And, mm-hmm. even, you know, sometimes obvious is obvious because it's the right way. And he comes out, he, he whips Danhausen pretty easily, uh, gets on the mic again. I got gas in the tank and out comes Hook. Uh, Hook beats him pretty clean. Then he gives, I, I mean, it was only like a minute long promo. But it was so well done, so well delivered, fiery, passionate. Uh, he, he gave, by the way, he gave Hook the the respect fist bump too. Total babyface turn, and then like you said, I think the rush part is then Hobbs immediately turns on him. So maybe I almost feel like maybe like there had, wasn't a trigger. Yeah, like, like there was supposed there was this part that says me and Hobbs, and then he kind of smirks, uh, meaning Hobbs, and then he decked him with a lariat on the neck which i did like that was good context yep. because yep. everyone knows that starts a bad neck a really bad neck, neck injury yep. against hangman page at daly's place yeah yep. uh I, I really like the promo though and i love the promo where he's basically saying you know at first i thought it was kind of going like the way of the mjf type promo like uh solidify him as the AEW guy who's out to get these wwe guys but it was more like i've just always had bad timing you know it's not that i haven't got a break i just have had bad timing and so it even made sense with why he was calling out second challengers. Here's a guy who's saying, I never get any time, so when I take get time, I, I take it. So, of course, he yeah. wins the match quick, so he gets in the mic and calls somebody else out. You know, it makes sense. Um, 
Where do you see babyface Ricky Starks going? Oh, he can he can go far. Yeah, because that is the t- he is the type of move set that can that can he can bounce between a face and a heel fairly easily. Yep, I agree. And also, I and this is a big part. You know, Danhausen is definitely a fan favorite. He's a guy whose entrance gets a big pop. Danhausen was getting booed in that match. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think it was an accident. I felt like before that, the week before, Ricky just has this like. This this natural charisma mm-hmm. that you know we saw this with Shawn Michaels where when Shawn was feuding with Diesel and he was supposed to be the dickish heel who wants to have Jenny McCarthy and Pam Anderson on his side and the bodyguard but by the end of WrestleMania when he loses to Diesel you're just like God I like this guy a lot more <laughs> like, right. like even though everything on the surface tells you I'm supposed to boo this man. You you can't help but love him. And, like, that's the way I've always felt about Starks. And I think the crowd organically has floated that way, too. Yep. And I think from the week before, Tony picked that up and said, like you had mentioned, okay, let's just go for it. Let's turn him face, but let's have, a, let's have something really sinister happen to him so that we know for sure. That's a baby thing. Yeah, and that that's that's what that was. And we know for sure. Boom, Hobbs is a heel too, because Hobbs has been getting some cheers too. But I, I, not to dismiss him, I think Hobbs has really put in the work too. Like he's improved, his physique has gotten better. Um, but maybe is some of Ricky, the the crowd getting behind Ricky, wearing off on Hobbs. Um, maybe, so, maybe, maybe so, maybe yeah. so. And also, I like like dark Luca, dark Lucha Canosaurus. Like when they tried that, well. That might not work for Luchasaurus, and they it kind of like you could see how they may have booked their way out of that. Yep, Hobbs, that could work. I think so where, too. If he's a calculated bully, yeah, like you know that that's actually that's actually might be a good a good move. So yeah. we'll we'll see there. I will say this: I think Tony Khan does listen to the show because <laughs> we, but I think he listens in spite of us because we had said in the tag team uh, talk. Which I thought was a great discussion. It actually inspired me to watch 80s WWF um, when all this Vince stuff happened. Because I was like, man. Oh, yeah. You told me you watched those Survivor Series tags. I watched them. 88 was better than 87. Yeah. To be totally honest. Conquistadors carried. Yep. Talk about those big tag teams versus tag teams Survivor Series matches in the early days. God, what a hot crowds! Like that was, I think, Vince's true shining moment. Rock and wrestling was to me. A lot of people think it's Attitude Era. I don't think so anymore. I think it was the late 80s. I oh, think yeah. That was I mean, the late 80s are just like, they age so well. Like, think about the mm-hmm. Attitude Era. You go back and watch some of that. A lot of that's just really bad. Like, the Hulkamania era. Like, yeah, the matches were a little more cartoony and stuff, but they they stole, they told really good stories. A lot of those matches hold up through, like, we're like 40 years past yeah. that now almost. And, and they, and they held the, they stood the test of time. I promise I'll, I promise I'll get on point. But, like, the only thing I'll say about what all the whole Vince apocalypse that happened it and it it's everything that happens when there's a major event Jordan in like politics and sports and wrestling I don't I never look forward too much I always seem to hearken back I always okay. look back at the things that came before it and say all right we're like when we did the Cody Rhodes episode we didn't really think about the future we thought about okay what were his best and worst moments yeah. you know yeah like and that's what I that's the one thing I did do when I was like when this happened, I was like, Oh, 
you know what? What were the greatest hits of like the of the for for the WWF and yeah. the WWE? And it does go back to the eighties. But we were talking about the tag teams, yeah, and how AEW is his best. And the, the one thing we mentioned is one of their strengths is they didn't have a lot of team, tag teams that broke up. Well, they broke up this. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, they sure did. You know? And, and that was him saying that was him saying, oh. Jordan and Reese love Team Taz, huh? Let me fucking break them out. <laughs> Let's see if they're true fans of the product. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, sir, Tony, sir. We'll keep watching, sir. Um, <laughs> this is a perfect time to say that um, we are a bi-weekly show that tapes uh, before we drop. Obviously, we are not speaking to you live. Uh, but we drop on a Friday. We tape earlier in the week. There's always we call it the dark dynamite or the blind dynamite uh, that's already aired. Uh, but we didn't talk about it when we taped. Uh, I think we're going to see another split possibly on that Dark Dynamite um, because yes. – uh, they're, they're going to be live twice, pal. Yeah. Because they're going to be in Columbus, Ohio. But they're also going to be in Grand – in your neck of the woods, Grand Rapids, Michigan for a live rampage. Then they're going to tape battle the belts, but it's going to air the next day. Yeah, and Saturday. listen, man, I have been adamant. Like I have no interest in going to battle the belts, and then you told me – Cesaro versus uh, Takeshita's headlining, and I'm like, oh my gosh, do I have to drive to Grand Rapids to go see this match? <laughs> Is it a long drive? It's two hours, but, you know. So that's a Friday night. Yeah, it's, it's this Friday coming up. Actually, the day that this podcast airs is uh, Battle of the Belts, so... Nothing is booked for Rampage, but they did book that Battle of the Belts match. Yeah, Battle of the yeah. Belts is such a weird show because they don't care about it at all. Like, Yeah, yeah, like the first two were just so bad. Yeah. Like they were just bad. It's like Thunder Rosa like... versus uh, Nyla Rose. The first one was Sammy, Sammy and Dustin because Cody got COVID. Yep. You know, it feels very much like they're just fulfilling contractual obligations with their TV contract, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. Well, I watched the first Clash of the Champions just recently because I was thinking to myself, like, like you know, hearkening back, and I was just like, man, this feels big. This feels like a big thing, well, and that's what we were hoping for. We thought these specials on TNT were going to be Clash-type shows. They're not. They well, I are think the first away. Clash of the Champions, the legend tells, I believe that was counter-programming to... WrestleMania 4. Was it WrestleMania 4? It was. It okay. actually happened at the same time. Yeah. Because that was because remember the Survivor Series was originally an fu to Starcade. Yep. Because yep. they aired it the same day to the point that Vince McMahon, because he's such a class act, threatened to tell, threatened to pull all pay per views of WWF from providers if they aired Starcade instead. Yep. And it killed Starcade to the point that they moved it to December. But then the the providers kind of stood up for themselves and basically went to both companies and said knock it off <laughs> you know, right as right the story so, goes, i mean so. i mean listen like we'll, we'll tie this in somehow but like it there's always that there's always that one-upsmanship yeah. where it starts to really bleed into business i don't think anything business-wise has actually been moving too much you know i will say i think the youtube hits have been a little bit down because of the absence of cole punk yeah, and then until recently, when he wrestled Daniel Garcia, uh, Brian Danielson, um, we'll see what happens as we get close it all out. When you start seeing these people pop up again, but I feel like we're kind of in that in between still, that upside down, sure. where like nothing is really going on Just yet. Demogorgons because... everywhere. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, but you know, a million hits for barbed wire everywhere. Uh, <laughs> so clearly that got some. That got some traction. Andrew, if a Demi Gorgon wrestled in AEW, who would you like to see it wrestle against? 
Uh, someone who I absolutely despise um, and love to see brutalized. Uh, <laughs> Happy Corbin? Oh, or did you say AEW? AEW, AEW. Oh, Smart Mark Sterling. Smart Mark Sterling. And okay. Brandon Cutler as a tag team. I just had the, the image of it fighting John Moxley because Moxley just bleeds at the drop of a hat anyways. Yeah. So, you know. Uh, also, also, if you contort his body into different positions, he'll be like, oh, is that the best you could do? Yeah, right. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. John Moxley, season five of Stranger Things. That dude wrestled Blake Christian, and they, they like, had another glass spot in GCW. Uh, what? This dude's a psycho. His freaking That, that uh, scar in his head just cannot heal. It can't no. heal. He wrestled uh, Roosh on on uh, Dynamite. And, he wrestled me. Yeah, yeah Andrew Roosh. And I don't even Andrade know. Roosh. I don't even think they did a spot like a headbutt spot or anything. They were just wrestling to the outside, and then all of a sudden they cut back to to Moxley, and he's bleeding a a gusher again. Like oh the God. the slightest contact opens that thing back up. It's got to be that the was worst in uh, that was in Worcester, wound. Massachusetts. That was the opening match. Hot that crowd. was a hell of a match. Yeah. Yeah, I don't even think it was the best match of the show. I think the main no. event of the show was even better. That was Garcia pulling off the impossible and beating Daniels. Got a little bit of assistance from the uh, lurking hand of doom from the ra- from the apron, yes. which was Jake Hager. Oh, that's who I want to wrestle a Demi Gorgon. Jake Hager. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just classic Jake Hager yeah. doing very little but somehow ruining something. Yeah. But, ruining um, something very special. <laughs> Great match, by the way. You, yeah. I, I do agree with you. I thought Garcia Danielson, which was the last match of that Dynamite in Massachusetts, um, first time there, um, that was the best one. But I thought Roosh versus Mox, it was great. Also, Roosh Dragon Lee at Death Before Dishonor was a fucking banger. Yeah. They were also brothers, real-life brothers, just beating the crap out of each other. So uh, you might not know this. Is Dragon Lee under Ring of Honor contract, or was that a one-time thing? What, I, I think that's a one-time thing. Okay. I do not believe he's under contract. The Briscoes are. They yeah. did sign with them. Now, they also are doing some Impact stuff, and they just did Ric Flair's show. Yeah. So against clearly they have yeah. – Yeah, against Levon Erics. <laughs> I saw a joke that – I guess that, they're not all gone yet. I saw a joke but, that Flair booked Levon Erics and the Briscoes and had no clue who he was actually booking. <laughs> are we in the Cotton Bowl? Hey, where's no, Dory? But... <laughs> Good Lord. But – um. Like when he got Jacob Fatu, he thought he got Rikishi Fatu. Yeah, but um, uh, Dory's a funk. I just said Dory when I was talking about the Briscoes. I meant Jack or Gerald. Yeah. Oh, I thought you meant Dory from the Disney movies. But um, <laughs> that too. But no, Dragon Lee and Roosh in the. I mean, this is the mid card of that Ring of Honor show. But that it's super random. But that was a very very good one. Roosh hits really hard. He'll also take punishment. Yeah, you are. know, I've never really watched him, but this is the first time I've seen him in two long-form matches, Moxley and Dragon Lee, and that dude, he will give it to you, but he will take it too. Yeah. I think his knock from what I've seen of him is he can get sloppy. Um, yes. And I think there might be like a language barrier there. I don't know if he even speaks English. It's definitely not his first language. Um there's a couple brief moments in the Moxley match where, like, and nothing to where it's be like, oh, that was horrible. But just you could tell there was a little bit of, like, they had to go back and talk again, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, but- they, that actually happened in the Briscoes FTR match, but, but that was a different reason. They went 40-plus minutes, two out of three falls, yeah. and I think they just got tired, and one of the guys... I don't know if you... I don't even know if, did, if you caught it, because I don't know if you ordered the pay-per-view. I did not. But 
it was the third fall. It was late in it, and they were setting up for a big rig off the top rope. And I, they, I hate when they do this, but I understand why they basically went back to their positions to mm. redo the whole sequence. And yeah. I get it. Like you want to get that right, but God, when you go back and like get back in your position, it just takes you out of it. Yeah, yeah it's just weird. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah, like uh, like a freaking straight jacket pile driver by Rouge on Moxley. That was wicked. Yep. Like. He's got some nice moves. His finisher is like a running knee to the corner called the Horns, I believe. Uh, hmm, I don't know if, what the name of it is, but yeah, it's it's pretty wild. He just bum rushes you while you're laying yeah. in the corner. He almost and looks like, uh, who we made a joke before we went on air, I mentioned psychosis. He almost looks like psychosis like hit the gym. You know what I mean? <laughs> With the yeah. hair and stuff. And obviously <laughs> yeah. he's unmasked, but... Um, you know yeah. who else has hit? You know who else who's looked ridiculous. Even though he hasn't wrestled, you know who else looks like super fit is Ortiz. Yes, I I noticed that too, man. He uh, he really, looks buff. He looks better the with the hair with the head shave too. I think it's a better look. For yes. Him. Yeah. Yeah. There's rumors that him and Santana are not on the same page. Santana's out with an injury. Yeah, and but, he's probably um, going to be out for a while. I know, and but there's rumors that I mean, obviously we're only here to rampantly speculate, but yeah. um, Santana, Santana's contract might be coming up soon. And he knows. Also, <laughs> but um, but uh, that joke Ortiz never gets is, old to me. I'm sorry. But Ortiz is basically looking at a singles push, but he's still kind of aligned with Kingston, um, and Ruby Soho Soho for some reason, uh, doing the the feud with uh, JAS on the side. You know, even though Jericho and Kingston, I think, in effect, are done after so, that barbed wire. Okay, I mean, I guess we got to talk about it then, huh? Yeah, we got to talk about barbed wire everywhere. Yeah, last time we we were talking was uh, barbed wire everywhere and everything, and I think we both were optimistic coming into it. Um, we're like, oh, it's going to be wild, it's going to be violent, and I mean, it was, mm-hmm. but it also had some pretty bad moments. Uh, first uh, it of was all. Not- yeah, uh, the fact that Jericho won really bothers me. I don't understand that at all. It was the wrong call. I think so too. It, I, it was uh, it was one of those cl- like it was the reason why I mentioned when the Young Bucks won the tag titles from the loot from the <clears throat> junk from the Jurassic Express. Excuse me, I didn't like it because it felt like okay, it's our turn. Yep. Whereas whereas with Jericho, that's exactly what it felt like. Yep. It was like okay, I'm gonna drop. I'll let me win at Forbidden Door to look good. I'll lose at blood and guts but i gotta get my win back see you know i I view it a little bit differently but i still don't like the reasoning i i think it was more because we see now that jericho's got this title shot at uh quake at the lake is that what it's called quake by the lake by the the lake yes so i i I get the traditional booking sense okay we got to heat up the challenger but you could have chris jericho for the title and not have him win that match like you don't yep you know, in the same way, by losing. Yeah, I also even think that him beating Yuta at this dark dynamite, which is probably bound to happen, I think that's a, a wrong choice too. Yuta doesn't need to take that loss. Like Chris Jericho, Chris Jericho, he doesn't need wins to establish his name at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think I've, that was kind of the only thing I could think of is like maybe that's why. Like, okay, they know he's got this match, but it's not even like a pay per view match. It's just a a, a dynamite. You know, right, like... and and Jericho took his lumps as the pain maker. They, he sure. did a code breaker on him, and uh, I think the foot of the chair got him and broke his nose. Oh yeah, I... um, <laughs> so he couldn't good, wrestle. Man. But he was all over promo wise. He was all over the Dynamite Worcester and the the Rampage, cutting promos on Yuta, like you said, yep. cutting a promo to challenge Moxley after his his match against Roosh. Mm-hmm. Um, but the match itself, the barbed wire one, it was. It was fun to start. I loved Kingston to start because they had barbed wire, quote, 
everywhere. So right. that it was on the microphone. It's on Justin Roberts' he, mic, yeah. He just grabs the microphone and punches him with him, and he goes, Shark Week! <laughs> and he starts wailing him. And, I mean, Jericho's bleeding in record time. Uh, and so they got blood there, and then Jericho, uh, Kingston takes a couple of uh, trips on the barbed wire beds in the ring, and he's scratched up pretty good. Um, and even though, and then a spinning back fist and a code breaker, thanks to Anna J turning on yeah. Ruby Soho, who held the key. And then Ty Conti was trying to unlock the cage, yep. but couldn't do there was it. There's barbed wire in the keyhole. That's why it was as dumb as I, me trying to talk about what happened. Yeah, you know that's what it felt like. It, it to felt the point dumb. where the the JAS had to just squeeze through the bars to show. It was so funny. The... Like Angelo Parker's just looking at Ty, like. You're going to unlock it, right? You're going to fucking unlock it, right? And then when he realizes, he's like, oh, shit, I'm just going to go through these. <laughs> it's almost like um, it's almost like those comedies when you're in a kid, like, uh, oh, oh, like Roger Rabbit in the handcuffs. Yeah. Where he just slips out. <laughs> and then and Eddie Valley is like, you told me you could have gotten out of those cuffs the whole fucking time. <laughs> <laughs> and then we've got Sammy coming back to essentially effectively cost Eddie the match, correct? Yeah, and I understand kayfabe why he threw him off the cage. I get it. Sure. But it, it was just dumb. Like, and also a really, really bad miscommunication. Yes, with, with the miss, with Jericho the whiff on the spinning back fist. He was trying to run into him, and then they, like, scuffled? They, like, fake scuffled? Yeah. I, I don't know what they were doing. It, was, it almost looked like Sammy and Jericho were, like, like in a, in a he, like, a, what do they call that when you start the match? Uh, oh, like a, with, co- like, a collar and elbow tie-up, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, yeah. what the hell are you doing? <laughs> and then he, and then Kingston, even though he loses the match, gets the at least the 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 image of him throwing Jericho into the barbed wire bed, which was a nice looking spot yeah. to close, but it was all rushed. Yeah. All of it was rushed. Yeah. I also think too, like at the beginning of that episode they had the the shark guy, the shark costume, like everyone thought that was gonna be someone, right? Like yeah. <laughs> Every time I see someone in a costume, I think it's Hangman Page. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was John Tenta back from the dead as Shark. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about all those sharks. It could have been Shark Boy. It could have been shark, Jaws. Shark been Boy. Sh- Jaws. Jaws from 007. Baby Shark. Mark yeah. Cuban from Shark Tank. It could have been a lot of sharks. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I, I'm not, I'm not against the whole idea of doing tie-in promotion with Warner sure. Discovery about sure. Shark Week. It's fine. Like, it's a popular promotional tie-in. You can get a couple of extra eyeballs by talking about sharks. By the way, didn't The Rock produce a promo for Discovery that was, like, on the picture-in-pictures for Dynamite? Uh, the only thing I know about The Rock is that he did the tortilla challenge with Kevin Hart. Like, <laughs> that's all I really know. He's also going to be Black Adam, so he's at yeah. Comic-Con. Eight at Comic-Con, too. Yeah. Uh, Brody King attacked Darby Allen again. Did you see that? It was yeah. great. They, they knocked him unconscious and laid him on the table and then sat down to take questions. <laughs> man, Brody King. That man's... Uh, he. It, I, it's not been announced. I really want to say it's going to be in Minneapolis uh, on the same dynamite as Moxley versus yeah. uh, Jericho. Coffin match. He challenged him to a coffin match. Yeah. So that's going to be... I, one of my personal favorite matches ever on Dynamite was All Ego Ethan Page versus Darby Allen in a coffin Great match. match. Yep. So I am expecting fireworks if they do that. I think we're getting to a point where Darby needs a win. Uh, yes. I, I, he's lost a lot. He's we lost a lot. He 
and it's I'm almost like yeah, it's almost like a curse to be able to take a loss and not lose any of your heat because then people start handing you losses over and over and over. You know? Yeah, that's what happened to the former Cesaro in the WWE. It was like, <clears throat> right. oh, people are just going to love you even if you lose all the time. It's like, yeah, but if the losses mean less and less and less, the wins are going to mean less and less and less. Yep. It's this is not Japan. Yep. You know, <laughs> where yep. the fans are patient. The fans are not patient. <laughs> so let's you know. let's recalibrate because I feel like we're 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 doing our show tonight in om- in like doing an homage of uh, Dynamite. We are all over the place, which I'm fine with. Uh, I hope our listeners are fine with it too. There's just a lot of stuff to talk about. I think it's because we're every two weeks. If we were every week, I think we'd be a little more streamlined. But every two weeks, it's kind of like there's so much to talk about, and there's always something whenever we finish there, our episodes. There were two dynamites, two rampages, and a Ring of Honor pay per view in between. Yeah, and there's always something after the show airs that I'm thinking like, oh, we didn't even talk about that. Yeah. So, uh, a couple things I really do want to talk about tonight. Um, I want to talk about Jonathan Gresham for a couple minutes, and I don't want to make it like pile on the Jonathan Gresham like bash session. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he he loses the Ring of Honor title to to Claudio in the first match. Yeah, yeah. first match, short match. Came out without Tully. It was uh, short, huh? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, without Tully, uh, I believe he didn't even have his octopus mask, right? Correct, like his. I don't believe he full. did, and also and also Tully Blanchard no showed, so they had to get Prince Nana. Yeah, and word is that Tully's done now. Um, yeah, <clears throat> poor Brian Cage can't get a break with this company. <laughs> Man, um, Tully Blanchard's Enterprise, maybe they were right by Four Seasons Landscaping. I mean, that lease is high. <laughs> right? So uh, the big story coming out of that, I think everyone expected the Claudio win, except maybe Gresham himself, because reports were that he got into a heated shouting match with Tony Khan backstage over his creative direction, his character, the handling of his character. Listen, if the story ended there... I think I can understand where he's coming from. He's a guy who's really been one of the faces of Ring of Honor during the pandemic. Uh, hasn't been used on TV that much. They turned him heel for no real reason. I get his frustrations. But then a little nugget of news came out that <laughs> one of his talking points was his ranking in the PWI 500 as reason for why he should be treated more seriously. Andrew, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, my God. So this is the part where Tony Khan should have just said, sir, this is a Wendy's. But um, <laughs> oh I'm going to look up. Um, I, I, I don't know, man. Dean Malenko was number one in the PWI 500. He should have just said that to Hulk Hogan every yeah, day. Back. He's like, I'm going over at Starcade. <laughs> <laughs> well, with the way that WCW talents could just get paid guaranteed money, and they all set out Starcade anyway, Dean Malenko almost did win the main event of Starcade a couple times. <laughs> But um, that's a whole nother story. But for Gresham, yeah, to pull a stunt like that, and let's say, uh, let me be real, when you go out there and you fire off, you know, fire off takes at the boss, then yeah, you're it's a stunt. You're right. basically pulling. You're trying to pull something where you're like, my match should be more important, or if I'm not going over, at least give me more time. You know, this is something where I, I mean, I hate to say it, but retaliation through the way that you're portrayed on the show can definitely be a reaction to how poor of an attitude you have. You're going to get buried, guy. Yeah. I, I, I've pulled up the list of all the PWI 500s. Okay. Um, so he's ranked number 20 in the most recent PWI 500. Um, pretty pretty high up there. I mean, 20, uh, 480 guys did worse than him. Not bad at all. 
tell me some names who are ahead of him. Okay, so uh, the current year, um, number one is an AEW guy. Number one is Kenny Omega. Um, okay. Directly ahead of him is Chris Jericho at 19. Uh, number 18 uh, out of Japan is Suwama. Okay. What? Uh, Suwama? Num- <laughs> number 17, Karrion, uh, Ultimo Guerrero. Uh, Karrion Cross, number 16, Tetsuya Naito, 15, Darby Allen, 14. Uh, and then everybody up there is pretty top-tier guys, uh, maybe like Rich Swan. That's what Darby Allen should say when he wrestles Brody King at the coffin. I'm number 14 in the world, pal. I need to go over. <laughs> good Lord. The match was good. Like, I, I did watch it. Um, uh, I did went ahead and forked over the money. It was, But it was only 11 and a half minutes, and Claudio won with the recall. Um, uh, but yeah, Claudio wins with the ROH belt. He paraded around with it in a promo on Rampage that just passed. But um, yeah, it, it it wasn't anything terribly memorable. I will agree with that. So the year that Dean Malenko was number one, the number twenty wrestler in the world was Ultimo Dragon, uh, the belt collector. Um, so mm-hmm. I think it could have been interesting if he would have refused to lose to Prince Iakea on Nitro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to see um, who number 500 is this year. Let's see if it is somebody that that uh, the AEW should bring. Relevant in. of professional wrestling. Yeah. I bet you. It, I bet you it's Austin Gunn. But um, or you know what? It, that's too. That's too. That's too low. Oh, it's if a I woman. To... I thought they oh, had no. their own list. It's a woman named Lulu Pencil. <laughs> Lulu Pencil wrestled on Dark. Did she really? Yes, Lulu Pencil was one of Emmy Sakura's like maids. She better have won. She's number five. 500 in the PWI 500, Andrew. <laughs> God! Um, we are, I already mentioned Rush and Dragon Lee, just to kind of speed through uh, Ring of Honor. Wheeler Yuta and Daniel Garcia for the pure title was really good. I really enjoyed that one. It wasn't, like, super memorable, but it was good. Um, Mercedes Martinez and Serena Deeb went 17 minutes, and Mar- Martinez retained, but it was just kind of like a hard-hitting match, but it wasn't, like, great. I like Samoa Joe and Jay Lethal. I know not everybody was a fan of it, but I thought it was pretty good. Jay Lethal was really on his game. Samoa Joe seemed motivated. I wonder if Joe's just in a position where he just needs a little extra time uh, and not being as active because of his injury history yeah. to be ready for big Well, because he wins on the pay-per-view, and then Lethal's the one that's on TV coming out mm-hmm. of it, you know? So. He was in the main event of the Ric Flair ma- last match. Yep. Yeah, he was in the last match. Yep, so, with uh, Andrade you know, uh, and Jeff Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett has so some shout- guns, by the way. Dude, Man. Jeff Jarrett, I swear to God, the Forrest Gump of professional wrestling. You cannot <laughs> kill this man. You will never get rid of him. He is on Raw, and Vince McMahon is G double O N double E. God. So he's laughing Aha! J-E-double-F is. Um, uh, speaking of abbreviations, FTR. Yep. Holy shit. 45 minutes in a um, two out of three falls match against the Briscoes. I like this more than the first one, but you and Steve loved the first one. Yeah. Um, I thought of a weird problem. Um, not that I have with FTR, but uh, a very strange problem as I was fantasy booking in my head today thinking about the show that that AEW could run into, and it's FTR-related. You want to hear it? Okay. Okay. So we know the trio's titles are here. Um, Yep. And the storyline is the Young Bucks don't have a third. They kind of went to Hangman Page and had this awkward reunion thing. Uh, Mm -hmm. And then it was announced that Adam Cole and Red Dragon would be back. Uh, And so I think the obvious story— Yeah, here's the funny— 
Here's yeah, the funny ahead. part. People will know this once they get to the show. Cole and O'Reilly are still not physically cleared, mm. so they're just going to cut a promo. Yeah, but I think the obvious story is that Cole is going to side with Red Dragon, which leads to Kenny coming back and teaming with the Bucks. But the issue I was thinking about is I think that means that the Bucks turn babyface. Would you say yes to that, that like Cole and Red Dragon probably stomp them down a little bit and turn on them and the Bucks go babyface? Yeah, like they're the kid in Kramer versus Kramer. Yes, <laughs> like that's where that's where we're going with this. Where so, Hangman is sort of trying to inch back towards them, but here's Kenny wanting to hang out again, and here's Adam Cole, uh, you know, basically saying, "Hey, we're friends. Aren't aren't we having fun? Aren't we all having fun?" Yeah, like, you know that kind of like kind of a mean dad. So I think, um, I think the weird problem that that all leads to, and there's a long way to get there is AEW has a whole lot of babyface tag teams and not very many heel tag teams. If the Young Bucks go face, we've got the Young Bucks, FTR as babyfaces. You've got the Lucha Brothers. You've got um, the Acclaimed are now babyfaces. The tag team champions are babyfaces. Then let's look at our heel side. You split up Team Taz. Yep. I guess you got Red Dragon. And the Gun Don't Club? Don't forget about the Wingmen. <laughs> <laughs> but is that a is that the most unique problem? Like, has there ever been a time where can you can remember as a fan where you said they have too many babyface tag teams? Like, that's this such goes a... back to a talk that we had with uh, that was pitched from Aaron George, where we were talking what about makes a babyface. Yeah, how, what makes a babyface? And I always made the argument that the ratio is the same. It's like a pH balance. You're always going to have the same number of heels and baby faces. Um, and I think what it is, is that the young bucks, I don't think they believe their heels. I think they know what's going on in terms of their, the way they're written and the way that the crowd reacts to them. Okay. But they have this sort of a neutral position where if they wanted to be heels, they could still be heels, but the crowd's going to cheer them anyway because they're just this perennial favorite in AEW. Um, So you could kind of flip them any which way, but on the other side, yeah, like you have a ton of babyface tag teams you claimed are not heels anymore. Um, And you know, the Briscoes had got heavily cheered in the Ring of Honor show because the Ring of Honor originals. Right. Not not everyone as beloved as FTR is now, people aren't gonna turn on a team just because they're going up against baby faces. I think that's the one thing that is different now in wrestling versus the attitude era and rock and wrestling is that it's not you picking can a side act, anymore, yeah. You're not picking a side. Now you can you can tell the narrative of this is the antagonist and this is sure. the protagonist. But once the bell rings, the crowd's going to make the choice for you. And I think sometimes the crowd or the crowds are just happy to see good wrestling. And if you're a great performer and or a great tag team, you're going to get fanfare. Now, I do I agree with you on this. There is a point where you need to stick to the script. And it's like, okay, I need to really get the crowd to hate. Like, sure. that's what I love about All Ego Ethan Page. He goes out there and he's like, I want the crowd to hate me. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I guess the way I thought that that could be a problem is you've got Swerve and Keith Lee as your tag champs. And if they have no true foils, it could be like a lame duck reign that is really through no fault of their own. It's just kind of a... Even the, B- even the BCC, no one's going to cheer. No one's right. going to boo them. Right. Yeah, yeah. 2.0... Hell yeah. No yeah. one likes those 2. guys. 2.0, and I think I think if Red Dragon and Cole officially go heel and, like, jump the bucks and say, screw you guys, I think that they could get booed. 
mm-hmm. but then they're going to be in the trios division anyways. There won't even be the tag yeah. division. So. But in terms of the but in terms of the main of Ring of Honor, I mean, they left it all out there. I mean, and I don't know how old Jay and Mark Briscoe are, but my God, they can still go. I don't know if you saw the finish. It was a. I did. It, it was, was insane. A spike pile driver from the top rope yep. by Dax onto one of the Briscoes. Holy crap! Finish with two like, uh, two out of three falls match too. Yeah, so it's like a almost an hour of wrestling. Like it was wild. Yeah. Uh, oh, overall, is the show like must watch? <clears throat> no, I wouldn't go that far. I thought it was good. But that match, you know, specifically. I didn't feel ripped off. Like they also yeah. had a ton of pre-show matches, like five pre, five or four. Pre-show what was it? Matches, was but, it fifty dollars? Um, it was thirty nine. Okay, it was thirty nine. Still a little high, but it is a little high. I like I, 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 I didn't feel like completely like jobbed. Yeah. Like I would, I before the network started, I would order some WWE pay per views, and at the end, I would feel bad. I would have <laughs> yeah. such buyer's remorse. Yeah. Like oh yeah. And now, I mean, that's gone. But for AEW, that's still there. The only I think I said this before. Um, but I'll say it again. The only time I ordered an AEW pay-per-view and regretted it, it was All Out 2020. That was the only one where Mox and I think MJF were in the main event. The show was just bad. It was just a bad show. Speaking of know? MJF, he's uh, number 26 in the PWI 500 this year. Well, he's going to have to get in the ring to get up there. Yeah, he's going <laughs> to. And he can't wrestle Jonathan Gresham. So. Can't go up in the PWI where he keeps sitting in your house. Yeah, exactly. So... Uh, yeah, uh, sorry, I kind of took us down a, a rabbit hole, and then I took us well, down no, a second we, rabbit hole. Well, no, we're done with, I mean, Ring of Honor, I mean, listen, Ring of Honor was a rabbit hole. Right. You go in there, and the one thing I did like about it, it was bare bones. It was just wrestling. There wasn't a lot of promos. There wasn't a lot of pomp and circumstance. It was just wrestling. Yeah. So, that was kind of the cool part, but I kind of, you know, maybe I'm a hypocrite. Because sometimes we slam WWE. I kind of like the bells and whistles. I like when sure. AW puts in a little bit of that special production into their into their stuff. Well, that's what they excel at. That's probably nobody can compare to WWE in that stuff. They're actually like not just wrestling industry standard, but like entertainment industry standard. Yeah, you but AEW's like, not that far behind. Mm-hmm. I think they're they had some snafus in the one in uh, Worcester for sure, like some technical issues. Yeah, like but, the spot where Tony and Excalibur were both talking over each other in the echo. That was weird. That they was had a double really feature odd. where they weren't ready for it. Now, listen, it's live, pal. So they're gonna have issues <laughs> sometimes. But yeah, that was I did catch that one. That was a good. That's a good. That was a good observation. So, all right. So we go from uh, Ring of Honor being headlined by a great tag team match. Uh, we can go right into uh, the reuniting of another tag team because Jungle Boy is back. Uh, and Luchikanosaurus appears to have come to his senses and uh, sticking with his old buddy, old pal, Jungle Boy. Uh, so Jungle Boy comes back and the crowd is thrilled and he gets the mic. And were you surprised at the intensity and the fire of his promo? I wasn't surprised at the intensity. How about the I, vulgarity the, of it? <laughs> the vulgarity I was surprised yeah. by. Like Jungle Jack Perry just lets it loose. Yeah. Calls him a piece, calls Christian Cage, um, a piece of shit. Yeah. Just from the start. Biggest pussy he's ever seen. Wife, <laughs> says he was strapping for cash because his wife divorced him. Yeah. Calls him a pussy. Like, just like goes all in, no pun intended. Right. I mean, it was like... It was a very – I think I wrote it on the write-up. Like, it was a very intense segment. Yeah. Like, this is what separates the stars from the, the also-rans because it it reminds me of 
when MJF and Brian Pillman had that short little program, and MJF cut very similar promos to Christian, and Brian Pillman had his chance to shine with the mic, and he basically should have just farted into it, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> I feel like Brian Pillman has become my whipping boy. Like, if I need an example of something that sucks, I go to Brian Pillman Jr. But do you know what I mean? Also like, on the also on the Ric Flair uh, thing. Oh, was he really? With, he teamed up with Brock Anderson, and they won. <laughs> I feel bad for the team that they beat. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh man! You know, you know how Brock Lesnar walked out of SmackDown. If I was the t- if I was the team that was told you're losing to Brian Pillman Jr., I am walking out. <laughs> so FTR FTR's one tag thing. They're actually called TFD, the Family Disappointments. <laughs> <laughs> oh, FTR <God>. versus TFD. <laughs> oh no! Um. But, but yeah, you, you got to say, like, Jungle Boy, this, this is really his first big-time promo, I think, uh, in the company. And I think he hit it out of the park. Like, yeah, I, I was a little like, wow, Jungle Boy is cussing and making he tiny penis jokes the, and stuff. But I thought he did a he great had job. The, he had the 5 o'clock shadow. Yep. He, he he returned on the Mystery Dynamite um, that we didn't talk about. Sure. In, um, yeah. Where was it? Where were they at uh, before Somewhere Worcester? Somewhere in Georgia. Were they in Gwinnett still? Duluth. Duluth. They yeah. were in Duluth. And uh, he was carrying a chair. And... <clears throat> Luchasaurus beats up with him, but doesn't do it. He he goes to the side and symbolically un- reunites with him. And Christian Cage is mad at junk at Luchasaurus, chases him away. This was the following re- week's promo, and he just like rips into it. It didn't seem like like you even said in contrast to Pillman Jr. Like it didn't seem fake. It didn't yeah, seem like something pissed. where he. <laughs> He seemed legitimately pissed because, I mean, Christian Cage made fun of his dead dad. Yep. He made fun of his mom and his sister right there at ringside. Yep. Like, um, I mean, it, he he had some receipts to give out, and he definitely gave them out verbally. I mean, the whole point of this pro, of this pat of this uh, angle is that the receipts in the ring they're gonna wait till you pay for it. Yep. So we're gonna see this at all out. And so, like the, the story moving forward is that Christian basically says, "I know all your secrets," and they've alluded earlier to like little Marco, like a Marco stunt really thing. Yeah, like, the little sh- thing was we- was kind of lame. Yeah, it it has me a little nervous that it could go down like wrestle crap alley a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. um, I. I AEW has not given me reason to have bad faith in them, so I am willing to let it play out. But but you got to be careful. I'm trepidatious. Yeah, like um, yeah. I I think it's time we do some wild speculation. What do you think the secrets are? I have a uh, theory. You want me to be? You want me to be? Oh, like Austin theory? But um, <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, do you want me to be legit? Like not a jokey one? Oh, I have a jokey one. So <laughs> okay, I'll give you. I'll give you the real one. Okay. I think the secret is that um, that Christian Cage actually slept with Jungle Boy's mom. Ooh, and he's his real dad. <laughs> oh no, no, I wouldn't go that far. That would be that would be, and that's not a jokey one. I think that would be. Yeah, that yeah. that could work. I the the one I thought is that uh, little Marco is actually only seven years old. And uh, that explains Marco's stunt size, and so they were <laughs> breaking child labor laws by having it. <laughs> <laughs> Is that too far to think that they would actually go with sexual relations as the secret? Um, well, the only reason I would say no is because Jungle Boy told Christian the secret. So it's something that – like a secret that Jungle Boy's keeping. 
Yeah, that 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 <clears throat> was a very. I will say, I didn't like the should part. Yeah. But there was a really nice part where he says, "Now I'm going to prey on your weakness." Yeah. I, that was how he finished. Yeah, Christian's it. doing a great job here. Like, and I love very the Jungle Boy. Boating. Yeah, Jungle yes. Boy called out the stupid turtleneck. You know. <laughs> yep. That we've been talking. It, about the whole it time. really felt like Christian coached him on how to cut that promo. And I, I think Oh yeah. That, and if you great. watch carefully, Tony did, Tony Schiavone did too. Cause if you look closely, I don't, I don't want to say that Tony does this all the time with the, some of the younger performers, but some of them need a pep talk and yeah. they need yeah. things to follow when they want to, you know, cut a promo and you can almost see him mouthing. Like you can almost <laughs> see him mouthing the words. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, so listen, he's, he's cussing, he's got five o'clock shadow. He's carrying a chair. Andrew, has our jungle boy become a jungle man? <laughs> Welcome to the jungle boy. <laughs> You're gonna die, dude. You know, you know where you are? You're in the jungle, baby boy. <laughs> oh, man. No, I mean, I think this was the whole point. Like, the four pillars. Like, if yep. you look at it, Jordan, from a chronological standpoint the first three of the four pillars they got their roses thrown at him mjf is a superstar sammy guevara has had the tnt belt twenty five thousand times darby allen is a superstar wrestle wrestle cm punk yeah yep jungle boy didn't get it yes he was a tag champion yes yes i'll give him that he didn't get a singles push i agree so this is the one so maybe we need more pillars i don't know (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm fine with calling Ricky Starks a pillar. I, I do yeah, think, bring, you know, we've been we've been really talking about this one dynamite. I feel like the theme coming out of that dynamite more than anything was a youth movement. You know, Jungle Boy was heavily focused on. Um, Ricky Starks, now obviously Moxley and Jericho was not. But Daniel Garcia, we haven't even talked about Daniel Garcia beating Chris Jer- or uh, Brian Danielson for, for more than two minutes so far. Like, what? what a huge win for him, you know? Like, a great, Amazing. great win. Uh, Danielson's act appears to be selling the injuries that we are all legitimately afraid of him having. You know, and he yes. is gonna, he is going to give us a master class on this. You know, he's gonna he collapse. Doing, he is doing Randy the Ram Robinson if yep. Randy was a real person. Yep, and it's gonna be so freaking awesome, and we're all gonna cringe, and we're all gonna be like, oh no, because he's just that freaking good. You know. <laughs> now listen, there's a difference between this and the Ric Flair fake heart attack thing. Ric Flair, if he if he does if he gets hit wrong, might actually die. In it. <laughs> Like turn into a cl- like poof into a cloud of dust. Right. Like Brian Danielson is making this choice for himself as a performer, yeah. despite his concussion issues, which are legitimate and concerning. Sure. But Danielson is intelligent enough to realize I need to pump the brakes here, and that's why he took a break, even if Tony Khan was the one holding him back because he wanted him to get cleared, and maybe Danielson was itching to get back. But I think they both came to some compromise of like, let's just ease it back a little bit, and when you come in, you can... Let's try to tell a story. Let's try to spin something out of it, turn it into something good as a storyline, despite the fact that it came from a bad, like it came from a bad yep. origin, meaning that his 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 head issues. Yep. But if you're if he's safe and Daniel Garcia, I you know it was a great match, 17 minutes, like we said, but mm-hmm. it was they hit each other pretty hard, and I thought Danielson had his comebacks, but the story was great. I yeah. agree with you there. Garcia's Garcia's really good too. Like obviously we can gush over Danielson. That wrench back sharpshooter looks nasty. Yeah, like Danielson's just the best. But Garcia hangs with him. He had a nice little promo beforehand too. Like this guy gets it. You know, he's not like 
not the most charismatic, but I wouldn't call him void of charisma either. Like he he does a good job. You know his character. You know what his intentions are. You know his 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 motives and his reasoning. And he does all that really without talking a whole lot. I think this guy's really, really good. He's a very, he's a very calm trash talker. Like he was talking about, I Agreed. want you to go play with your kids. Agree. Like, yeah. like why don't you go away? Like, he's the young punk. Like, why don't you go away? Let me ask you a question because he taught he self he was self proclaimed in this promo. Who's the greatest technical sports entertainer in the world? Um, it's got to be Pat McAfee, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, who technically can? sports entertain the best you know because that's what that's what garcia called himself because yeah. he's a sports entertainer yeah you know and as jericho says and this is why he wants to challenge moxley sports entertainers they beat wrestler pro wrestlers every single time yep. but um and we get yeah, right into that, that i mean quake at the lake is moxley and jericho which we have talked about you know with punk still not back still not even on tv like what is the backup plan for all out and i thought jericho made some sense Clearly, that's not where they're going. Um, no, because they wouldn't have blown it off here. Yep. They would have stretched it more. Uh, you know? Something I noticed Moxley said. So Jericho calls him out. Moxley, we'll talk about the Lionheart thing. He basically says, I want the Lionheart. I want the real Chris Jericho, right? Which is kind of mm-hmm. cool. But he made a little offhanded line about, like, you can drop that interim bullcrap. I'm the world champion. Uh, mm-hmm. In other words, like, I'm the champ. So it's it's still setting up for Punk to be back in time. Um, yeah, I'm getting nervous. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about you. I, I'm a well, little nervous. The, well, the story came out of Comic Con, and this was just based off of fan observations that Punk was nursing his leg really badly, and that yeah. he might not be ready. He might be selling it. Yep. Who knows? Could be. You know. Well, you never know. Um, uh, but but it it is. It is a unique situation where you have an interim. I know um, our guy Scott Criscolo on main event despised the interim idea, you know, and I know that it had its detractors. I'm fine with it um, because if Tony, the the only the one way I'm fine with it, in my opinion, is if they can turn it into a story of Moxley's always the forgotten champion. That is that can work, you know, and that's what he was alluding to about. You need to take that shit off, you know. Right. The thing that's cool about Moxley, and I think he does live this in his career. We talked about his GCW um, escapades. He wants the belt. Like, I talked about the bells and whistles and how I kind of like the production stuff. Moxley doesn't give a shit about any of yep. that. I just want to fight. just <laughs> wrestle, beat the f- piss out of people, and carry a belt because he beat the guy who had the belt yep well he didn't beat cm punk yep. so now you can turn it into a narrative and that's the only way it could really work um but this is all privy to whether punk's ready or not right right yeah and i feel like we'll be asking the question until we see cm punk back on tv is like what happens yeah. if he's not ready you want my hot take about quake by the lake sure as good as their Revolution 2020 match was, this one's better because they're both physically in their, like, really, really good positions. Like, they can go out there and have a great... Yeah, that's the thing with Jericho match. is, like, I think the matches he's been in have been a little detrimental to the fact that he can actually he's actually gotten back into some pretty good shape. His match with Kingston was amazing at Revolution. Yeah, yeah. The uh, barbwire and the blood and gut stuff, that... That's more just him kind of selling and sports entertainment. Yeah, yeah, just <laughs> <laughs> like strutting around bloody, you know, like um, John Moxley. Holy crap! Like he hasn't had a bad match in two months. 
No, yeah, and he's been a fighting champion, I think. So you said Scott hated the idea of the interim. So in the sense that Moxley should just be the champion, period, or that they should just not? Okay. He thinks the idea of giving Punk the title instead of stripping him was silly. Okay. That was the 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 notion. I still, you know, and I, I I get that. I get it. Yeah. You know. I still hold on to if there's this whole MJF thing is all part of the show, then that makes sense with the story. If the whole story is that Tony loves his WWE boys and the AEW guys got to fight for their spot, then it would make sense that Tony wouldn't strip the WWE boy of the title. You right. Know? Right. But. And, you know. and it does feel like we're talking a lot about the dynamite uh, for Fight for the Fallen because the one that got blown off with uh, Kingston versus yeah. the Painmaker, it, other than that match, the barbed wire everywhere thing, it really wasn't much. Like, yeah, yeah like, um, I mean, we kind of hit on a lot of stuff, you know, like John Moxley and Wheeler Yuta had a match against the best friends. Brody King beat Darby Allen uh, in a pretty good match to open. You know, I will say that. But mm-hmm. the rest of it was just whatever. That one in Worcester, Fight for the Fallen, that show was pretty loaded from a narrative standpoint. Yeah, they, I agree. They threw a lot in there to build into the show in Minneapolis. And not to, like, overlook the one that's going to be in Columbus. They're going to probably have something nice there, too. They got a ton of matches already booked for that one. But it's the one in Minneapolis that they're really, like, aiming for. Because that's where um, Full Gear was. Yep. So they yep. want a good turnout. They want to get ten to nine thousand people in there. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, we're still pretty far off from all out. Uh, we still don't really. We certainly don't have a single match announced, and that's you know not out of the ordinary. They're still over a month away. It's just August first as the day we're recording. You know, um, so mm-hmm. they still got a full month because all out is September. It's Labor Day weekend, correct? Sept- it's, it's Labor Day weekend. September. Yes. So they've got a full calendar month. I do think some of the picture is starting to, to show. I think we're going to get House of Black against Sting, Darby, and, and Miro. Um, I think we're going to get Britt and Thunder Rosa again. Yep. Yeah. Or, yeah. Ooh, man, this women's division is really struggling for me. Can we stop <laughs> with Thunderstorm? Yeah. Like It's one of those ones where, oh, of course it makes sense. I'm like, yeah, it makes too much sense. They're going to break up. It feels like they're doing a <laughs> lot of women's tags. Like, they're not going to bring in a women's tag belt, are they? Like... Oh God, no! They're they can, not ready for. They can barely book their women's singles division right now. Like, no, please don't do that. We do not need. Look, I love the trios belts. They showed them. They look like the WCW tag team titles. Yeah. But no, please God, no, no more titles. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, it's certainly not in the women's side of things, which is a shame because there's actually, when you think about the AEW women's division, they've got a good amount of talented wrestlers. It's just why, why is it handled so poorly? Do you think? I, I, I really don't have an explanation because when you look at the roster, I mean, star power-wise, they're not anywhere close to WWE. WWE blows them out of the water in the women's division. But just oh in-ring-wise, yeah. th- I think they're comparable. I think Chris Statlander's awesome. I think Jamie Hayter's awesome. Britt Baker c- has the most star power. Um, yeah, they're but- teasing something with Chris and um, Athena Yeah, where they might not be seeing eye-to-eye. It was just a weird situation where they were going to have a six-woman tag with the baddie section against uh, Statlander. <laughs> Athena and, and Willow Knight, yeah. who I did watch in the Ring of Honor pre-show, and she's awesome. Yeah, she's fun. Um, yeah, yeah. But um, they, they what happened is I think Layla Gray got COVID, and so they um, uh, so she couldn't okay. perform, and they turned into a tag team. But it was Chris that got bumped, and she seemed a l- slightly perturbed. But um, maybe they'll get to something there where maybe they don't see eye to eye in the future. But you know, 
yeah, Jay Cargill is kind of feuding with them, and Britt is kind of focusing back on trying to win the women's title back from uh, yeah, Thunder just, Rosa. It was like a garbled up mess to me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Thunder Rosa and Yamashita. I called her Yamashita on the last <laughs> one. Uh, I thought I thought the rematch. I thought the one on Dark was good. That was in Japan. Uh, this one was just okay. Like I yeah, didn't. Think I got. Was... I saw a lot of praise for it, and I'm like, I don't get it. I, <laughs> I thought it was just okay. I thought it. I yeah. thought it got pretty sloppy in some spots. Like there was a spot where they're on the apron and Yamashita like slipped, and then Thunder Rosa like couldn't lift her over. I thought the D Mercedes match that had a lot of time was better. Mm, the uh, one on at, Ring of Honor. Yes, I thought that one was actually better. Yeah, you yeah, know? and there's two more women that are like perfectly competent women, and Serena Deep was being featured every single week on AEW TV, and she's just like gone, you know. Yeah, I'll give a shout. I do think Willow Knight. This is my hot take. I think Willow Nightingale and Jade Cargill, like down the line, <laughs> could have a great feud where Willow might get her to slip on a banana peel. Yeah, like Willow's I think they like could a, she, there. she's got the makings of a good baby face, you know. Yeah, uh, very and also loving. I saw Jade. And we know this with Jade, where she was like training with Kenny Omega. Then Kenny went home for a bit to rest, and then Brian Danielson was training her. She pulled out a freaking blue thunder bomb. Like <laughs> this lady, like is she puts it. She don't. She doesn't have it all together yet. Yeah. When she puts it all together. You can see the. That's pieces. when it's gonna get dangerous. Yeah. 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 What do you think of her basketball dribble? Taunt. The crossover yeah. uh, corner move, yeah. <laughs> dumb. It, I think so too. <laughs> I think it's um, pretty also, stupid. Also, um, speaking of uh, speaking of super athletic people, Dante Martin, I think, got a kind of scary knee injury when he was wrestling Sammy Guevara. <laughs> yeah, that's a shame. That was a pretty good match too. Uh, it, was. it was near the end, uh, so it didn't affect the match. But uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about because as they cut away, uh, you could see him getting checked out by the ref and one of the agents. I couldn't catch who it was, but me neither. Um, yeah, so. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, Andrew, we talked before about going down this path. I don't think we go down this path tonight, given where we're at time-wise, but I think we give a little teaser about where we're going maybe next episode or so. Okay. Uh, so Johnny C, uh, uh, here on our North-South feed, uh, does the Multiverse of, Multiverse of Fabulousness. Is that, did I get it correct? Is that the name? Yes, that's the one. I think it's uh, 10 episodes in. Yeah, and so we've been talking, uh, toying with the idea of the Multiverse of Wrestling. Uh, now that Marvel has announced Phase 5 and even Phase 6, correct, at Comic-Con? Uh, I think yes. they even announced Phase 6. Um, it's Kevin Feige basically saying, I still want your money. Right. Well, <laughs> I, I think it's good timing because there's there seems to be some Marvel fatigue in uh growing marvel criticism like i saw the new thor movie i wonder why yeah i saw the new (laughs) thor movie i liked it i thought it was fine but you know when the first you know what's that you want to know why there's marvel fatigue you just said i just watched the most recent marvel movie and i don't know which one you're talking it's thor i said it's thor (laughs) (laughs) thor love and thunder um yes which i would have preferred it to be thor love and nitro but thunder was always way worse (laughs) thor love and thor love and wcw saturday night (laughs) Is that is that who was making those noises in the Thunder shows of his Thor? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been such a WCW thing. I could, couldn't you have pictured them in like 1999 booking a guy um, named Thor? Jordan, we had Chucky the doll have a have a picture in picture with fucking Rick Steiner. Yes, Thor would have been on WCW one night. <laughs> WWE is working on it right now. Yeah. Uh <laughs> But anyway, so obviously with the MCU, there's phases. There's phase one, which is the origins, phase two, 
phase three. We're finishing up phase four. And uh, Rish is kind of working on uh, basically the history of AEW as told by phases. I don't want to gloss over it, though. I think it's a really interesting discussion topic. But I think if we yeah, put it out on so the air, I think if we yeah. put it out on the air, it commits us to doing this discussion. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, uh, but here's the funny, like, when I was thinking about the narrative of it, like, I was thinking, man, we've gone a long way with AEW, not just you and me on the show, where sure. we're almost a year in now, yeah. but, like, AEW as a company, but, you know, the funny thing is I was kind of doing this, like, a uh, side project where I was tracking the history of different big events for all the different <laughs> promotions. If you look at AEW compared to WCW and, and Jim Crockett, even Jim Crockett promotions, like, AEW, in terms of the long game, is a baby. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. it really is. Like, you think about it, and you're like, God, so much has happened. And it's like, guy, if this lasts anywhere near as long as W or TNA has, you need to buckle up because saw, we've got like <laughs> we've got like 25 more phases to go. Through. I saw a post. I think it was actually on Facebook. Like, I was, I, I see some wrestling feeds on my Facebook, and the the person just posted. They said. AEW needs their WrestleMania, which I think it's all out. But they said, what would be the name of a, of AEW's WrestleMania? Basically saying, what's the name of a show? And one of the comments I saw, I'm like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. They said, you know, the WWF started in the 50s or the 60s, and their WrestleMania wasn't until their 25th year as a company. So Correct. maybe we shouldn't be thinking about because AEW's WrestleMania. Because they started as the WWF. Yeah. So you know. like, it gives you perspective. Like, I think because so many of us, we grew up – with rock and wrestling and one wrestlemania was always around for us or mm-hmm. early into our fandom wrestlemania was right there like you for know me. you want do you want do you want me to get big brained sure. uh, on you um always vince mcmahon <laughs> vince mcmahon <laughs> helped um pay for rest to put up wrestlemania at the garden and get a lot of those big celebrity appearances like liberace and yep. billy martin yep. andy lopper and muhammad ali, muhammad ali yep. he got a lot of those payouts from when he sold back that time slot he bought off of TBS from Georgia Championship Wrestling. Jim Crockett bought it back for a million dollars. And he also poached George Scott, the booker, um, to to help Patton? Pat the shows. That- <laughs> Turn it off! But, <laughs> um, but yeah, here's what – this is why I say that. So that was – WrestleMania was born basically based off of a trans – out of a – a happenstance transaction based off of a savvy move. I'll tell you what WrestleMania is going to be, but like I said, AEW is a baby. We need to think years and years ahead, Jordan. This is okay. what it is. A WWE AEW sh- super show. Mm. That's WrestleMania. Okay. Yep. That's going to be AEW's WrestleMania. The true forbidden door. The true one. Okay. Yep. But that's so far down the line, it's not even conceivable. Yeah. Kind of like multiverse. I, I would say <laughs> if I had to pick a main event for that show right now, it's going to be Pat McAfee versus Brian Pillman Jr. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be it'll be Cody Rhodes versus Dan Housen yeah. in the in the pre-show. <laughs> we, 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 we see uh, with, with this magic of CGI that Dan Housen cursed Cody Rhodes before Hell in the Cell. But, but I, I get the point. Like, what is the one? Like everyone, every show. I know what he's thinking about. He's thinking of the guy who posts that tweet, yeah. tweet or that thought, that kind of think piece. Is that WrestleMania wasn't like this is going to be the show that um, that we hang our hat on all the like 
like the idea is like this is the dance. Like remember Paul Heyman in that Beyond the Mat when he was doing Barely Legal. This, this is the dance. Like for AEW, what is the dance? Yeah. Like every you would think it was Double or Nothing 2019, but the truth is, Jordan, they've had shows that from a box office standpoint and an attendance standpoint did better. Oh yeah. You know, um, that's the only thing that was disappointing about WCW in the in, when they were on top. They never had that. They never had that one show where it was like, oh, this is what made them Well, great. and they ruined their chance at having it. With and they had such a run. Like, they had 30,000 people. Yeah. And they just couldn't keep the lightning in the bottle. Yep. With AEW, like, I do think that there is some more there where they're like, you know what? What if we just went to the Superdome? And we just tried to get 60,000 people to watch Kenny Omega versus CM Punk. Like, that might be the one, the dance. We're not there yet. That's right. my opinion. Yeah. But all that's as close as we're going to get. Yeah, I agree. Um, I just thought it was an interesting... Uh, yeah, inter- me too. I think it's a good outside-the-box thought, mm-hmm. you know, on it. Yeah, and and that that will be at the end of Phase 5 or Phase 6 or whatever, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know. Uh, right now, we're still way, way earlier. We're still at Shang-Chi, basically, right now. Well, I, will, I, will tease, I will tease this about it, but we'll delve into it more. We are, in, in terms of Marvel, like you said, and AEW, we are in the era of more. You know, where everything, where it's just more, 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 more. That's how Netflix gets you. Like, even though their stock is dropping, like, Vince McMahon's shares. Pants? Um, the, Vince McMahon's pants is, at the Diva Search Contest? You said that, not me. But, um, <laughs> the, the, but the point is, like, like the idea is, like, okay, we're going to keep you tuned in because we're just going to throw more at you. Sure. How many of these Dynamites, Jordan, like, the day before, you look at this graphic and there's like seven matches on yep. the on the on the jpeg and you're yep. like holy crap i can't even contain how much <laughs> stuff is in here like that's the point the point is to like over over sensitize you with stuff where it's like oh my god i can't miss this yeah and aw's at that phase where they're just throwing it at you because they can they have the resource do you think that jonathan gresham was upset because tony khan who is an avid listener of our podcast Hacked into our notes feed, saw your Marvel phase idea, and went to Jonathan Gresham with the idea that he is AEW's aunt. <laughs> <laughs> you want wild speculation, Andrew? I will. Br- I will bring the speculation. <laughs> Oompa loompa doopa dee dee. I'm not the champ, so please release me. <laughs> You know what's so funny about that? Like he would, he could kill either one. He could probably kill his. Oh, he would beat the shit out of. Dude, I I said this on the last show. Same with his girlfriend. When the bell rings, like that dude can go, and his match with Claudio was very good. I will say, Claudio as the Ring of Honor champion and just basically being bubbled into that and not being on dynamite is a crime. Put that man on dynamite, have him wrestle Brian Pillman Jr. and beat the piss out of him for seven minutes. I'll watch Just have him stretch him while another match is happening. I know Jake Hager was not the best dance partner, but we can do better than that. Don't be, like, throwing him on Rampage for promos. That's not Claudio's strength. Claudio's strength literally is picking people up and throwing them around like pieces of dirt. Yep. I agree. So, um... Gosh, is it, I feel like we've covered a lot. Um, trying to think if we've missed anything. Uh, Hangman uh, Page and had do a you birthday. think the Dark Order is going to stealthily turn heel on Hangman Page? 
Ooh, that's interesting. It because does... Hangman is sort of deflecting. He's going back to emo cowboy mode. Yeah. The only reason I would say no is I don't know that the crowd would, would accept them as heels. They're just so beloved, you know? Like, I can't um, picture John Silver being a heel anymore. Right. And the only thing I will say for the heel turn thing with Anna J or Anna J A S, whatever the uh, whatever, Anna J. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was a Jericho thing he threw out there. First of all, I will say this too. Daniel Garcia beats Brian Danielson in the main event. That's he's in the Jericho Appreciation Society. Yep. But the sports entertainer of the week is Anna Jay. <laughs> that's like that's like giving Green Book best picture. You know? <laughs> but anyways, Anna Jay turning heel. She had her five seconds on that promo uh in in Massachusetts, the dynamite. She's just too naturally nice. I'll choke you up! out i'll do it please let me do it <laughs> now i will say this though also i saw her rampage match against ruby soho it wasn't bad at all like yeah. in the ring she's getting better yeah. you know so maybe turning heel is gonna showcase her more of like oh she's not the worst thing in the world in the ring the only you know? problem she's there's not, she's not a heart yeah if you, you want know? people to boo you don't have you against ruby soho because they are going to cheer you by default <laughs> Yeah, and Stokely Hathaway is all over Rampage. Yeah. All over. I love it. it. Uh, he's so good, dude. He's so fun. He is racking up the members. He's got Lee Moriarty. He's trying to get all ego now that Dan Lambert has been canceled, um, <laughs> which was a mess. <laughs> when, not if. But, uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, if Paige leaves him, I mean, is Lambert done? Yeah. Well, the th I'll tell you one thing that was weird, and I don't know if it, I, I don't, I think this was. I think this was a, a storyline thing. I don't think he did it to basically shoot. He was he got the guy up. I don't oh Leon Ruffin. He put Leon Ruffin in the position for the ego slam for like the Razor's Edge. Uh -huh. And he said, I hate this place. <laughs> and he just uh. dropped. But I think he was just being a, a dickish heel. I don't think he was saying it like, I hate AEW, get me out of here. Mm, okay. You know? Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Um Is it time? Do we go to our questions? I mean, Battle of the Belts, like, what else can they throw in there uh, now that we have a Ring of Honor belt? I mean, Gosh, they don't we, have hardly kinda, any championships. Kind of <laughs> I mean, I guess you could have pa Pac fly in um, to defend against somebody. Uh, mm -hmm. Why not just have all Ring of Honor belts? I mean, you know, when the MTV Music Awards used to air, they used they couldn't get the big acts. So, like, Michael Jackson and, like, yeah, yeah. Metallica. So sometimes they would air, like, a live performance of them in like Budapest or something like that, wherever they were at the time. <laughs> and I would That's go live to Revolution they need to Pro Wrestling. Where, whoever Pac is wrestling in, in Ireland. He had another one against a guy I've literally never heard of, LJ Cleary. Mm -mm, yeah. Totally. I thought the match was just okay. The one he had against um, Shota Umino was better. Yeah. You know? I, I so. do think it's a really creative use of a title, though. I, I really think it's interesting but they need to highlight it on tv you know they need to make sure that they give a few t minutes on tv to be like here's what pack's doing here's who he's been beating you know um uh, I, I i think it's pretty interesting though um yeah but yeah we can go to we can go to our questions because we got a, a few really good ones let's uh, hit it all right andrew we'll start off with uh ftr the briscoes probably the best match of the last two weeks uh without question it might be the best match of the year i mean so uh but ftr briscoes they went nearly 50 minutes in the ring of honor main event uh obviously uh less than a year ago we saw brian danielson and hangman page went to a 60 minute draw that was in december on dynamite 
Are we prepared as AEW fans for one of the most difficult matches to pull off a 60-minute Iron Man match? And I'll, I'll add a, a wrinkle to this. Who do you put in it? Mm, okay. Uh, number one, we're not ready yet. Like, we got to get to the trio stuff. We got sure. a punk moxie. Remember, punk and MJF, and they're not exact. They're not. They, they weren't going move for move, hold for hold. That went about 40 minutes, too. Yeah. So, like, they, you know, you can pull this off and tell a story. I, I know that people this might this is a hot take. And I know people are going to look at me like I have three heads. But I remember when Cena and Orton had a 60 minute Ironman match. I kind of liked it. Like, I thought it was really yeah, zany and that weird. Was, it. was that, that bragging rights? That was bragging. That was the one where we tried to blow him up with the pyro. But yeah. I thought it was silly. It was silly, and they had to like break intervals. But I thought it was actually pretty well put together. Like it wasn't slow. It wasn't stupid. It was just like they were able to stretch a John Cena Randy Orton match into sixty minutes and not shit out of it. Well, I think something we learned from WrestleMania twelve is you can't do the Iron Man match and not have falls. Red Sean is boring. You gotta it's have a falls. Great match. It's yep. a great match, but it's boring. Yep. You know, it's okay to say a great, like, Harley Race versus Ric Flair. Boring. Right. Like, well, the problem sorry. with that match is that it was billed as an Iron Man match, and it didn't have any falls. I think if they just build it as a match, and it happened to go an hour, My I think it's, re- I think it's re- remembered Rock, differently. Rock and Triple H. Oh, yeah. Like, Judgment Day? That was right on target. Yep. Like, that was, like, five to four is, like... That's the that's the yep. safe. And then Brock and Angle had a really good one on SmackDown. Yeah, and then Cena and, and Orton was like NFL football now. It was eleven to ten. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if AEW does what it's gonna be twenty four to twenty three. Um, we're not we're not ready yet because you gotta build up an angle to get to that point and you don't wanna tag it. It's not you don't want it like Hell in a Cell, which is annual now for them. Sure. Where it's like, oh, we need to do something. And it just so happens that we have this stipulation match to throw in it. Like, you need to build to it. And I don't feel like we have an angle of, like, who's the best that we've gotten to yet. I think Kenny and Danielson could pull it off. Yeah. Uh, Kenny was my immediate thought, and I'm trying to, like, picture who he would go with. And that would fill up a big venue. I, I'll tell you what, man. I think Daniel Garcia can do it, too. Mm-hmm. I really do. Uh, just... He's young, but I think he can do it. Now, whether he's a big enough name to captivate an audience for 60 minutes, that's a different question. But I think he's I think capable. Mo- I think I was thinking about Moxley. I kind of like the way he does his matches where it's like between 15 to 20 minutes. Yeah, there's some guys that I don't know. think you could do. I don't think Darby could do it. The Young Bucks couldn't do it. But FDR could. I mean, they basically did. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know that the Bucks in 60 minutes is really And conducive. And cardio is huge. That's why Triple H, The Rock, is my favorite in terms of their physical – Cardio wise, like they could go all day. Yeah, you know, agree. And that's that's why it worked. Whereas if you have like Chris Jericho in there, they're going to be. And it's no disrespect to Chris Jericho; he's in great condition. You're going to get winded. Yep. It's a very. It, this is why I think it's the most difficult match, or one of the most difficult matches to pull off, is that it's very very hard to do. <sighs> not just for the to please the crowd, but for the performers to survive it. Agree. You know. Yep. All right, next question. Backstage on Dynamite, uh, we saw Hangman Page and the Young Bucks. Uh, they were kind of doing that shy, like, hey, sorry we hated you for so long, you know, making up with each other. <laughs> uh, and uh, Hangman and Nick wish each other happy birthday. Uh, so, Andrew, is there a famous person who shares your birthday or close to it? You there? 
Yeah, I'm right here. Yeah, okay. I'm going in and out sometimes, but I I, I got the I got the gist of it. Okay. Um, mine's easy. I had to look it up though. Um, okay. I was born on June 30th. Princess Diana was born on July 1st. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a good too one. easy. I mean, like one of the five. Is she like one of the five most famous women in in the history of of human in history? Well, you got her. You've Mary. got uh, Willow Nightingale. <laughs> you got Mary, Mother yeah. Teresa, Meryl Streep. Uh, Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of M's. Lots of M's. <laughs> Margot Kidder of Superman fame. Melina from Eminem. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Marlena. <laughs> uh, May Young. May, <laughs> May Young. Uh, May Young might have been older than Mary the Mother Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Miss Tech, Miss Tessmacher from Impact. <laughs> I love that one counts. Her name is Brooke. Put her put her first name on it. That's true. But uh, <laughs> uh, for me, uh, I lo- I had to look it up too. Uh, my birthday is actually Halloween. Uh, Vanilla Ice shares a birthday with me. Uh, oh, but no. I think the best answer for this show is my wife Dusty's birthday is coming up here in August. She happens to share a birthday with Hulk Hogan. Uh, she does not share Hulk Hogan's views uh, on specific <laughs> uh, people in this world, though. I will say. That. Oh, I. I'm sure I could find someone who I'm like, oh, it was his birthday? That's unfortunate. Yeah, that's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> There's a day that I wish Roe v. Wade wasn't overturned. <laughs> oh, God, we need to get out of this yeah. question. Okay, next question, next question. Uh, so we've got the trios title coming up. <laughs> Can we, if... <laughs> I love this question. If AEW calls it the Trios Tag Team Titles Tournament, can we abbreviate it and call it the TTTTT? <laughs> <laughs> so the official name is the World Trios Championship yeah. Tournament. WTCT, but baby. that, But that sounds too clean. Yeah. And it's almost done on purpose because I think he knew if it was called the Trio Tag Team Titles Tournament, everyone would have made fun of it. Just like... Like, that's exactly what Vince Russo would have called it. Didn't right. he call the Terry Invitational the yeah, T.I.T.? the tit. The tit. <laughs> <laughs> Which is sad because of the fact that it had such a dumb boner angle. But the, it, the end game was one of the greatest matches of all yeah, time. It basically was a star-making match for the Hardy Boys. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it has this dumb Vince Russo crap in the middle of it. Right. But uh, anyways... I think that Matt, I think the tournament. That's what I'm geared up for, Jordan. I think Moxley versus Punk is going to be the epic encounter. Yeah. That will be the main event. But we know where this is going. We know Kenny's going to be involved with some team somehow, some way. Yeah, I, I the House Black yeah. will be involved in some way. It's be fun. I think the finals are going to be Kenny and the Bucks against Cole, Cole and, and Red Dragon. Dragon. That, that makes the that most would sense be amazing. Yeah. Oh, the, absolutely. The, 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 the elite explode. Yeah. Yep. yep. Uh, next question is the LIV versus PGA signing wars have intensified. I don't know a whole lot about this. I had to actually look this up after I read the question. So there's Saudi Saudi Arabia is funding its own golf league. Yeah. And it's poaching PGA players. Yeah. And and you know what the big secret is? Is that <laughs> is the benefactor. So <laughs> that's why it's called why the live. LIV. <laughs> I, I wondered why every time like Tiger Woods on TV now he goes watch me. So, uh, <laughs> if all time wrestlers formed a tour of similar nature, both younger and older, not related to WWE or AEW, would you watch it? Yeah, why you not? Know, I mean, I yeah, I, that's what I was gonna say. Like, I've seen the Blood Money shows on WWE, and 
you know, some some of the matches are okay. I'm kind of tired of watching Mansoor win all the time. But, um, I mean, obviously he's part of... Uh, I don't even want to go there. But, um... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think you know what I'm talking about. But, um... Yeah, I mean, whatever. Like, if you want to get your, if you, I'm really of the opinion, to be honest, this might be unpopular. Where, like, if Dustin Thomas and you know Brooks Kopka and Phil Mickelson, if you want to get your big payday and you want to sell your soul, whatever. So, I mean, it's your it's your money. Have you seen the TV show The Good Place? I have, but I I didn't watch the final season yet. Gotcha. So uh, essentially, and here's a, a small twist. Essentially, it's revealed. Uh, it's it's a show about heaven and hell. Essentially, it's revealed that like no one has gotten into heaven for a long, long time. Yeah, Maya Rudolph is like holding them all off. Yeah, right? and and so basically, what it's revealed to be is that like the world has gotten so bad that even when you're doing good things, you're you're doing bad things like like buying Nike to Butterfly support this effect. cause. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like that's actually a pretty realistic view of the world. Like every corporation has some horrible, disgusting ties to it. And you almost just have to pick and choose your battles, you know, because if we I had to really want to be righteous, we'd have to get – there's nothing we could support anymore, I feel like, you know? Right, and I don't want to make it right versus left, but I will say this. I read in a news item that Hulu is getting a lot of backlash. Oh, about the political thing, backlash. yeah. They will not air um, political ads uh, for campaigns because midterms are coming up in, in the mm-hmm. fall. Yep. And – and they're getting a lot of hate. People like, and then you hear, you see a lot of those um, the, the people from the different sides saying, "I'll never watch Hulu." Again. <laughs> okay, I'll watch Hulu. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm, I'm sorry. I mean, at some point, you know, this is why they say you got to tur- suspend disbelief. Like we always say as wrestling fans, you got to turn your brain off sometimes. Um, and when it comes to like performers and athletes, you know, putting money first and putting you know, putting your personal expense first isn't always the worst idea. It's not – is it selfish by nature? Yes, but right. some, in this world where people are going to throw you away like garbage the moment they don't agree with something, you have to stick up for your – like you have to look out for yourself. Now, if you're doing it to own the libs, that's different. Like, Well, I think <laughs> like, like, you know, you have to just – you have to come up with <clears> – <throat> I guess lines in the sand, so to speak. Like, and, and if someone th- hears this and thinks of me like as a hypocrite, whatever, you know. Like, but to me, like, if just a rich Saudi businessman finds something versus the Saudi government, that's different to me. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, you you can't die on every hill. <laughs> like, yeah. Now, now Trump's course is gonna host one of them, so everyone it immediately turns into us versus them, kind of like sure. AEW's factions. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's like you're either you're either undisputed elite or you're you're a video game loving Kenny Omegaite. Hey, you know? speaking you're... of video games, uh, the next question, <laughs> uh, the next question is, uh, you asked, am I more hyped for the AEW Fight Forever video game or the reintroduction of EA College Football coming to PS5 next year? This is a hard question for me because the the e- AEW game is something I'm super hyped about, but dude, that college football game was. Can I can I ask can I ask you this? So like when I when I was on book fan, um, the thing I always dreamed of is that Todd McFarlane goes back to to draw Spider Man because <laughs> yeah, okay. no one drew no one drew Spider Man better than Todd McFarlane. Johnny C can attest. Okay. Um, that's always been the dream. Is college football and college basketball two K coming back the dream? As a video gamer, I would. 
I would love college basketball to come back. I don't know that it ever will because it doesn't, I don't think the money. I don't think the revenue is there. the revenue is not there, and weirdly, the nostalgia isn't there like it is for the college football game. No, that's why, why I like it. It's kind of under the shadow. Yeah, I loved two K college basketball. I loved that game. Um, mm-hmm. I don't remember which one I had, which iteration I had, but yeah, like I would. If if it came back as a two K thing, I'd buy it every year. Like, but the thing about college football that I think is going to make this one, I you know what I don't want to act like I'm a gaming um, expert. You are, but like the thing is like they're going to throw things at it. Like Tim Tebow is playable. Like because we're not we're pulling we're not we're not peeking behind the curtain anymore with nil and amateur status. Yeah, we they can put that names in now. Yeah. yeah, now you could have Tim Tebow. You could have Tommy Frazier running fucking wild in the wishbone as yeah, a special. That's true as a special playable guy if you want to like i think they're good i don't know they're gonna go all out with it but i think they're gonna like they make can it now though yeah really attractive as a reintroduction yeah you know i know that when it came when the news came out they announced it'd be for next gen only so like ps4 people you you got to get your ps5 now <laughs> like... comic-con didn't really have too much about forever it was more about merch and action figures yeah you know which the action figures are pretty cool looking they're a little out of my price range but like over $20. Yeah, because, man, these wrestling collectibles, when I see these prices, I'm like... They're more than 20 bucks a figure what? now at this point, yeah. I think. Um, <laughs> I like this one. Uh, star quarterback Kyler Murray signed a lucrative extension with the Cardinals. Big money for Kyler. Uh, but it had a clause. Uh, there, was, there was a phrase for this, uh, which Kyler Murray just uh, announced today that he... They announced that he has cold, so he can get all his hours in right now. Um, <laughs> but he has to pay attention in the film room and not basically play on his phone in the facility. Um, or, yeah, he has to do, like, what is it, four hours a week of film? I don't know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> I, I laughed saw it. Yeah, and, and similarly, Zion Williamson has a weight limit in, in his new deal. So the question is, if you could require any small nitpick from professional wrestlers under a contract, what would it be? I like your answer. Uh, Ruby Soho would walk based off your answer. But what 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 answer did you? Choose? Wait, what you said? What would your answer be? Mine. Uh, yeah, I, I just tuned out for a second, but I, I see the question. Um, no overreactions for near falls. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's called the Ruby Soho clause. Yeah, <laughs> the Ruby Soho bug eye clause. Um, <laughs> I think mine would be it. I'm trying to. I tried to think of a funny answer, but just a serious answer. No shoot headbutts. Nope, never okay. again. <laughs> That's the Shibata rule. Yeah, the Shibata <laughs> rule. Like, it, they're not even that impressive, and they're just dangerous and harmful. Oh wait, so. wait! I just got my phone. Whole oh, oh shit! Brian Danielson just announced his retirement because <laughs> he can't do headbutts anymore. Ruby Soho just went live on Instagram, and she's just bug-eyed, staring at. <laughs> I did not care for the involvement of her in that stuff. I, it was like she's like Batgirl in this whole thing. Yeah, like, what is it's, going it's on? It's like here? they just are like, okay, well, we need a a, a female to counteract Cy Conti. Ruby, come on, like, ugh, gross. No, it was just silly. But yeah, I mean, listen, they're not they're not unionized, so you don't want to pick on anybody who's under contract, but there are certain, I mean, I remember certain perks. Like I remember for Scott Hall, he was, when he signed with WWE in 2002, they had to watch for his sobriety because of the issues that he had, you know, but you know, like like there are certain perks, like Cody made a lot of 
um, buzz on his interviews after he debuted at WrestleMania or returned at WrestleMania about how he's got this, he's got all the perks, he's got a bus, and he's got this and that, and it's like, dude, everyone's got perks now in pro wrestling. Right. There is so much money being thrown around, you know? Yeah, I agree. I uh, just lost our questions for a second. Let me bring it back up. Uh, we just asked the question about the nitpicks. Uh, okay, next question. Uh, if you were a pro wrestler, this we'll call this the Sasha question or the Graham question or the uh, Brock possibly question, MJF question. Or the Naomi question. Yeah. or the. <laughs> uh, if you were a pro wrestler, Andrew, what would it take to get you to consider walking out on the job? Being booked to say something that is just morally wrong. Oh, so like going out there and be like, Brian Pillman, you're a hell of a wrestler. <laughs> That would be junior. It. Yeah, yeah, Put junior. The junior, junior, on junior, junior. <laughs> Brian Pillman Sr. was a hell of a talent. Yeah. Um, the um, hmm, that's why it's so sad. But um, God, like I would say, like if someone told me to cut a promo, and it's like I want you to rile up the fans, but I want you to say something like homophobic or sure. racist. Yeah, that's where I'm like, nope. Yeah, not doing it. Yeah. Goodbye. You know. I mean, for me, I, it's tough. Like, I I understand the wrestler's point of view on this. They have very little power. So while I think there's probably some instances where they are being babies, you know, taking their ball and going home, so to speak, there's very few chances where they get to have the power in this dynamic. So I tend to always support the wrestler, even if they're maybe in the wrong um, like Jonathan Gresham, like should he be upset that Claudio is the champion? Absolutely not. But the guy probably has very little voice. So you know you gotta find your opportunities to to show strength and to to. Did you have a problem with Brock Lesnar pulling that stunt? Uh, no. I think is I think it was just his way of saying I'm about to get some more money. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like. And why not? I mean, the, the company is nickel and dime. Wait, wait, Brock, Brock, we can let you use a tractor. We'll let right. you use a tractor. <laughs> That's probably why I walked out and they said, Brock, we'll let you tip the ring over. He's like, okay, I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but, yeah, like, listen, I thought Sasha and Naomi stood up to creative principles, which is yep. hallelujah. Yep. Go, girl. And like, well, that, you need to do that. What I love about that story that – the people who villainized them just missed the point entirely is they basically – they were both being offered singles pushes and they basically stuck to their guns and said, no, we want to represent the tag team division because of Dewdrop and Nikki Ash and we want to elevate them. They were basically wanting to use their star power to elevate they this new division. They don't deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know, like Vince McMahon said this. This is coming out of Vince's mouth when CM Punk asked, why did you cut Chris Masters and Cole Cabana? Well, Vince answered, they deserved it. <laughs> and, I mean, was he wrong? Like, you know, sometimes, like, there are people that are just at the top of the pecking order. AEW the same. Yeah. Like, there's reasons why their their gates and their ratings are slightly down. You don't have CM Punk and Ad Cole and Brian Danielson on TV all the time anymore. Right. You know, you need the star power. And if you have, like, Sasha Banks and Naomi, I don't know, man. Why don't you, like, book them like stars? Exactly. Exactly. You know? You know, that's all. Well, and it's kind of like, I mean, the whole story as it came out was they're the tag team champions, but they were splitting them up, not that splitting them as a team, but splitting them up to basically use them both to put over the champions. And it's mm. kind of like, no, screw that. So um, next question is, uh, hits a little close to home with me. The Detroit Pistons, uh, 
unveiled that they will be wearing for at least 10 games this year, I think. The late '90s teal Pistons jerseys. That's about nine games too many. Yeah, <laughs> I would say ten games too many. I hated those things. It's one of those weird things that, like, nostalgia has made people convinced they were cool. They weren't cool, man. No, they were they not were everything. Gross. So, like, it had the different logo too, like the horse with the, with the, with the, uh, the exhaust pipes. But they mm-hmm. had the blue uniforms with that same logo. So if it's the and logo they you like. And the maroon one. Then they went with the maroon road ones. Yeah. So, yeah. like, if it was just the logo, you don't have to go teal. You could have the blue with that logo. But anyways, our question. Sorry, I got some hiccups here. The question is, can you name something in pro wrestling which going retro really backfired? I have a what I think you is You answer first answer. and I'll hum mine over. Yeah, so in 2000... WCW was uh, desperately trying to get anything to work, uh, failing miserably at everything, and they brought Brian Knobs into their hardcore division, and they started putting him over like everybody as a tough, rough and tough, nasty boy. Uh, Brian Knobs in 1990 barely worked. Brian Knobs in 2000 as a throwback to a tough guy was just some of the worst TV I ever saw. That was what came to mind for me. Okay, I got one. And okay. I got one where uh, I got a hot take on another. Um, the When JBL came back as Ted DiBiase 2.0, I didn't like it. Mm, I didn't okay. think he was good enough as a wrestler to be put in that role. Sure. You know, I know Vince loved him. Like, I know that he liked that conservative, Wall Street-loving guy who, like, picks on Mexicans and, and poor people and stuff. And he got over because he was pretty good on the mic i think he honestly he was overrated but um but in the ring i just didn't think he had the goods like ted dibiase did when he came out of mid-south i'll give you one that a lot of people have kind of come to the consensus of hating but i loved okay. i love when bill Watts watch ran wcw and said nope <laughs> no over the top rope okay no mats we're going back to the future that was like what 91 92 92 yeah yeah 91 92 i liked it and then let me tell you something. Like, oh, we're gonna go in incentive pay where if you have the best match, you get paid the most. All the boys hated Bill because of that. He was also he also said something incredibly racist about Hank Aaron that got him fired. But uh, um, <laughs> the shows were great. The shows in '92 were great. I mean, listen, does the end justify the means? I, I don't know. Right. You know? So, but um, and then uh, those raw rewinds or, or those retro raws with the with the old school set, I kind of like them. Yeah, I think those are cool. I think those are cool. Um, I mean, wrestling really re- – it does rely a lot on nostalgia. You know, it's, it it's, does. It's an interesting industry where – We like, just watched Stone Cold Steve Austin in the main event of WrestleMania, for God's sake. Right. You know, Rick- CM, Punk, CM Punk, who had his biggest moment in popularity in pop culture in 2011, is the champion right. of AEW. And Ric Flair just had his 700th match since his <laughs> retirement match against Shawn Michaels eight years ago. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it, it's the eighth one against Jay Lee, but um, <laughs> but no. But here here's my one like thought about it. Um, like what is retro? Like what would be at the point of expiration be considered retro? Like is the 2010s retro? Is the 2000s retro? Yeah, is attitude retro? Like I don't know. Like some people are like oh TV 14. Attitude's back. Like like attitude is retro. Yeah. In your mind and mine. Attitude is not retro. Right. Attitude was postmodern. Right. You know, I guess it's just like because us as an audience don't aren't in that demographic, the younger one, so we don't 
look at that as behind the times. Right. You know, it's it's weird. Yep. Hey, we got some spicy questions we're going to ask. Uh, you mm. said ask if you dare. Don't dare me, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <clears throat> who's paid appearance fee for convention costs more right now, Donald Trump or Sasha Banks? Well, uh, rumor is that Sasha renegotiated. Um I think dollar sign wise, uh, it's probably close. But in terms of your integrity, it's going to cost a whole lot more to bring Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> Are you saying that Mercedes Vernado is not is not controversial? <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, and also they both they both had a lot of uh, they both spent a lot of time in Orlando, um, because of Sasha being in the Thunderdome forever. Uh, but uh, anyway, I don't know, man, like. The thing that's funny about um, Trump is that he can't announce his campaign until early 23 by campaign finance rules. Yeah. So it's just like inching, 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 inching towards it until he actually can say because he thinks it's going to protect him from potential charges. You know, like you can't charge me for anything. I'm running for president. You know, that's a whole nother discussion. For Sasha Banks, like, yeah, she – made a bank statement pun intended like she <laughs> got she got she did the roman thing she had her cake and ate it too i say this a lot roman reigns sneaky stealthily walked out now did he walk out for the be- right reasons in my opinion because of the paranoia behind covid yes like you weren't sure what it was you had just recovered from leukemia you needed to protect yourself but what what a calculated decision by roman reigns because when he came back he basically had the 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 star power and the creative control to say you know what i want to write my storylines i mean and has the guy lost a match since then he has not <laughs> lost since he won that title in, tw- in the thunderdome yeah so he got his way is sasha banks going to get his way her way and be the champion sure like look cm punk said it when he came back in the first dance you know i i'm here for you but I'm not going to lie. I'm back for me, too. You know? Sure. Some people just want to get their push. Yeah. Uh, we've got one more question, and we'll get okay. out of here, Andrew. Uh, what was a more significant news dump? Was it Vince McMahon quitting after 40 years on a Friday, or was it Chris Jericho's wife and thousands of her friends trying to overthrow the government on a Tuesday? <laughs> I love that Chris Jericho's wife was there. I don't I don't know why. She was there? <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> Allegedly, allegedly, is she oh, the no. QAnon shaman? Don't, don't tell Mayor Garland. Uh, <laughs> um, you know the, you know. I guess we can kind of wrap a bow around it because we did start with some coffee <clears throat> talk about Vince. Sure. Um, you know, like I, I, I think I said this to you in private, but I'll say, and I don't know if I said it on this show because I don't think it really mattered. Uh-huh. When he showed up after the allegations appeared in the Wall Street Journal, he showed up on SmackDown. And, um, and there's an issue got, of, of bad retro programming. <laughs> <laughs> he looked de- – I was looking at his body language. He looked defeated. Yeah. He looked like a guy who had just from like – you know, almost like Flair when he did the thing with Sean and put it up, put it up, and yeah. he knew he had nothing left. It felt like Vince just from a from a energy and like political standpoint just had nothing left. Yeah. Like – the, the the emperor had no more clothes. Yeah. Like he was literally wearing a bow tie and nothing else at this point. But now he took the bow tie off. Yeah. Which <laughs> is know? probably what he was wearing in some of the photos he allegedly sent to people. 
<laughs> Someone check Taikani's phone. But, um, <laughs> but the, yeah, but doing it on a Tuesday, I mean, that's a that's a tight squeeze. I mean, you gotta <laughs> right. be back. You need to be back to work by Wednesday. <laughs> like, man, you you need to call off a little bit more than this. Um, and there was more pyro on the one at the Capitol. <laughs> okay, uh, cool, cool. I'm gonna add one more question. Okay. Out of all of uh, the people who famously were there that day, who do you think would be the best in to to step into the world of pro wrestling? It's got to be the guy wearing the buffalo head, right? Like the, oh, the Viking Viking shaman. Viking yeah, the QAnon shaman. Oh no, I got another one for you, Alex Jones. Oh yeah. If Alex Jones walked into W, first of all, he'd be a babyface. You know how <laughs> Paul. You know how Logan Paul is going came back after he signed a deal and he's like, yeah. I want to be a babyface now. I want you to book me like a babyface. Alex Jones just needs to talk himself into oblivion about how water makes the frogs gay. And all these all the fans are just going to start thinking, this dude's a whack job. You remember Sean Stasiak when he just had that very random angle yeah. where he just like spoke gibberish for no fucking reason and he called himself Planet Stasiak? That's Alex Jones. Yeah. That's but, Alex Jones. But that's Info his real Wars life persona. Infowars is Vince Russo if he like took acid and like jumped from the top of a building. I will you say, know? if they want to recreate an Undertaker character, Mike Lindell is right there to be the new Paul Bearer. That's funny because oh, the Undertaker. And Mike, that's funny because the Undertaker follows Mike Lindell on Instagram. That's really. <laughs> I'll throw one more at you because I'm just fascinated with it, and because of the because of the relevancy of Vince. And this is big, another big-headed question: uh-huh. What is the biggest story in pro wrestling history in the last 30 years? The death of WCW, the birth of AEW, or Vince McMahon leaving? You know, it's weird. Before you listed the three, my my mind went right to the Chris Benoit death. The- the, the Chris Benoit murder-suicide. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but mm, I think it's probably the death of WC. De- mm, it might be Vince leaving, but it's because not we haven't AEW. really seen what's happened I... to Vince leaving, I'll say death of WCW because for 20 years, like, AEW became like, like, came out of WCW dying. You know what I mean? Like we we went through this through this wilderness for years before AEW. Yeah, it feels like AEW is an offshoot of it all. It's a yeah. byproduct. Yeah, of the major yeah. Like event. if WCW is still around, AEW probably isn't. But here's the thing: what is the byproduct of Vince McMahon leaving the WWE? Yeah, we don't really nothing. know yet. Yeah, nothing. Like yeah. right now, it's nothing. Yeah, you know that's why I don't really I didn't want to give that we didn't want to give that much credence to it because right. it's like what's it matter to AEW that an a 77-year-old man is not running uh, the, the competition anymore. I think big picture, uh, a byproduct that we could see in the next couple of years of Vince leaving is uh, the McMahon family selling the company. Like a, okay. Like a, like a Disney because he's or somebody. Still the majority, that yeah. is true. He's still the majority shareholder. Yeah. Like I, I, I could see WWE being sold. Can I throw a pie in the sky at you? Sure. What if Sahid Khan wanted to buy it? Oh my gosh, Vince is petty enough that I just think he wouldn't do it. Like, there's no amount dollar amount in the world that I think he would take. Like, because he's set for life anyways. Uh, yes. And Vince is Vince is a guy who takes things very very personal, and I don't I just don't think he'd sell it to them. Do you I remember when he was it. acting crazy and he was sitting in a rocking chair on the set for no reason? Yeah. <laughs> That's him now. There's a great. <laughs> 
<laughs> There's a great image. I actually tweeted something of that. I'll, I'll send you the text. It's it's a perfect okay. meme template. Um, but um, but long short answer, yes. That the death of WCW was. I agree. The biggest among the three. I mean, it changed everything. Well, it was, and not it was like a bad win. Not for the you better. Know? Yeah. 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 So. Uh, but yeah, Vince has not uh, defeated AEW. In fact, uh, Tony Khan is the longest reigning CEO in professional wrestling right now. So. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Billy Corgan has something to say about oh, that. That's true. Yeah. Oh, he just he just fired off a, a, a Associated Press release. Despite all my rage, I am still just a rat in the cage. What, Billy? Just quoting your old lyrics. You heard? Did you hear that Nick Aldis and them are kind of like on the outs? No, really. Gosh, yeah, who, like, who do they even have left? I guess, if you... I guess there's just people that just rub that, that just backstage just rub you the wrong way. I don't know what else to say. You know what I, I know. say about that? The world oh. is a vampire. Yes, that's what Boris Johnson said too. <laughs> that's as Boris Johnson would say. Uh, <laughs> if you ever take a trip down to Cobb County, Georgia, <laughs> you'll be serving hard times. <laughs> Very hard times. Uh, but uh, and the one thing I will say is kind of weird, and I do think Jordan, this is an accident. Yeah. I do think it's a happy accident. I feel like August is sort of like the reset now. Like we talked about how like it used to be March and April, where yeah. it's like okay, now we're kind of like it's we riled up to WrestleMania, and now we're gonna be kind of like starting from the ground up, like a se- like TV seasons or like a sports season. I feel like it's August now. Yeah, like it seems like the big things like for both ends it's like all right it like once we get to the fall it you know maybe it is because of all out being or or aw sort of making a big deal out of things in the fall for them like uh debuting dynamite in october and all out in september last year and then vince leaving in late july it's it just feels weird like it seems like this is the time period now for the last three years where it's like all right shit's getting real now yeah I mean, it it could honestly be tied into because TV revenue is the driving, you know, t- is the driving force between behind these companies' profits. I mean, fall is when all the new shows come. Fall is when the TV season starts, and so maybe and that's it's also when... when the new deal will kick in in a few years, for right? Both for both programs. Yeah. So Which... that and then the, and then the arms race continues. Yeah. Right. I agree. So, but yeah. Um, Andrew, as always, it's uh, always a fun time to spend a couple hours chatting with you about AEW. I felt like in the beginning they were jumping all over the place. But listen, if you watch AEW and you don't like things jumping all over the place, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Poor, we sound like Excalibur at the end of at the in the right. second last segment of Dynamite. Here's four shows you got to go. And I swear to God, I have to pause it. Yeah. Well, I have to pause his sizzle reels to be like, wait, what match? Is, wait, what? What match? <laughs> and, and he always just throws in like three extra ones. I feel like he could start ribbing us and just making a couple up. Just to mm-hmm. see, see if anyone catches it. And coming up next is going to be Brodus Clay versus Hornswoggle. <laughs> <laughs> Brodus Clay versus Brody King for the rights to Bruiser Brody's name. <laughs> So, but yeah, Andrew, it's always fun. Um, thanks for listening. 24 episodes now. We are closing in on the year, man. Two more, and we'll be at one year. And uh, that's uh, four weeks away, which will probably be our all-out preview. So, we've got four weeks. Tony, I know you're listening. Give us a card so we can talk about it. <laughs>
Thank you. 